the fastest growing increases. And you'll see the, the statement above that. What, what is that? This, we have a 60% increase in rapid what, what, responses. What, why are we These talking are about it? industry by industry. I thought it was everybody. I thought everybody needed this to together. do this part. I thought, what, 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 what's with the industry response here? It's so she can choose who's essential and not. Okay, got it. Restaurants, 120% increase week over week. Are restaurants a problem in and of themselves? People going to restaurants. So the answer is no. Oh, so now it's not the restaurants, but how do restaurants stay alive? They stay alive because people go to restaurants and they patronize those restaurants. So those restaurants, it's not the problem that they're open because they can stay open apparently with no customers. It's actually the people who go to those restaurants who infect everybody else who's going there. Is that not just saying dry logic, Dowd? Did yeah, I yeah. not lay out exactly? What did she say last time? Restaurants didn't do this to New Mexico. New Mexico did this to restaurants? There you go. Right, yeah. But they are high risk, particularly for the indoor dining, just by the nature of that act. education, restaurants, construction. And if you look in here, most of these would be identified, at least half, three of them, as essential workplaces, which means we're putting our essential workers out of commission by virtue of having this kind of uncontrollable. Folks, she's going for full shutdown here. Yeah. Are you, are you aware of this? Are you watching? Are you listening? Are you seeing what's happened? She's going for full shutdown. Larry, it's hard to disagree with me. It is. And this is how her, her, the process of her press conferences goes. She, she, Tells you, you know, from her point of view, why things are so terrible, and then she drops the hammer about what is going to happen. And really, no one questions her so far on it. I think she's going to have more and more questions now. Fred, next slide. So, this is what we were doing. Visitors and residents. The, the title of this slide is literally probably the low point in 2020 for all of New Mexico. This is literally the low point that I'm saying. The title of this slide, uh, Larry, the state, state will take oh. action to stop the spread. Unless you're destroying public property in Santa Fe. Then it's cool. <laughs> Nothing could be worse than the statement that's coming from this slide. And you want to talk about government overreach? Full, full commie here in the state of New Mexico. It is this title of this slide residents from high-risk states, and if you're looking at what's going around the country, that's now nearly every state, have to quarantine our border counties, have access to health care in other states. States are now, including Texas, sounding the alarm that they're at a place where they won't be able to meet the needs of other states' health care uh, uh, or hospital beds. We are in a national crisis related to spread, and New Mexico, unfortunately, is the top of that list. And she we're going is, uh, back to she, gathering. She's looking, uh, uh, part of the slide says, El Paso reported an unfathomable 717 cases today with 438 people hospitalized. Do not go to El Paso. Will she be stopping she people at the border from going, going to El Paso? stopping people from leaving the state. I told you, I told everybody this was happening two days ago. And three weeks ago, we told you that she was going to shut everything down two days before early voting started. And we said the exact date, October 15th of just five people or less. The truth is, this is high risk. Stay the activity and the, and the mobility and the lack of public health um, uh, efforts like mask wearing, the very real fear here is that if we can't marry these new restrictions with the highest level of personal commitment they will not be enough, and we will know in short order. 
And if they're not enough, then as a state, we have to be prepared to make tough decisions. And what I want everyone to know is I'm prepared to make another really tough decision. Larry, I'll let you take it. Well, I think she, you know, she started the press conference by saying, you know, don't listen to nonsensical, non-science conspiracy theories, and you know, don't listen to for the folks best in radio. Download the app, man. Political points, and and I want to see if she can get through this press conference without saying no national strategy in President yep, Trump. Yep, yep, always, it's always boilerplate. Yep. I don't want to make that decision. I want us to show that collectively we can use these. Um, this isn't anything um, that you don't already know, uh, and I know that we keep repeating it, and I, I can see people's comments, and I appreciate the constructive criticism. You know, the messaging experts say you have to tell people all humans have to hear it repeatedly, and I think that that may be true. Humans. There we go. We I feel elevated. Her job would be a lot easier if she didn't have to deal with all these humans. Um, if we don't get it right, I have to restrict high-risk activities. That's the only other tool I have in my toolbox. It will save lives, and it will prevent us from overwhelming. How long will it be before she restricts sex? Our hospital and healthcare system. These are those two things that we have to be always mindful of. And I want folks to know that you saw the numbers. So, of course, you can reach this conclusion on your own, right? That's indoor dining, retail stores, businesses, nonprofits, all shapes and sizes. That middle statement is exactly where we don't want to be. And then I want to end with this. None of this is fair. This is a crisis level, never seen before, horrific situation in this pandemic. And it just means that we have to do and work harder at crushing it. Um, and the other thing um, I want to just be clear about is this is a marathon. Uh, I think uh, 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 public health experts around the country today said, look, you know, people are, are waiting for us to release a vaccine, you know, this next week or before the election. And they're now talking about April and May, and by the time that got distributed and we get the uh, approvals for treatment modalities that can be better, we're in it for another nine months or longer. It is a marathon. I need everyone to stop at that marathon stand. This is uh, not literally, figuratively. Um, take that sip of water and just keep doing the work that you're doing, because if we don't, we don't even get to have conversations about schools. This is a very stupid person. Right? That, that becomes off the table. Another nine months, she there's said. there's no way to do it. She's incredibly so, uh, stupid. I appreciate that uh, you gave me a chance to really uh, hit hard um, how uh, drastic things have become. They're so drastic. 24 do, hours ago, uh, she was raising uh, money for Joe Biden with Willie Nelson. That's how drastic it is. To slow it up and to bend, crush, flatten the curve. Dr. Grace, you're up. And thank you, everyone. Oh, this will be good. She's very excited about, uh, have you, did you notice? She's kind of, she feels encouraged. Energy level's really uh, up. And very bubbly, very yeah. uh, excitable. Uh, I will tell you that uh, this is the beginning of the end for Michelle Lujan Grisham. Zero doubt about it. Thank you very much. I'm just going to bring up uh, my first slide. And uh, past uh, six days, uh, five days have been higher than that, except one. And so that's definitely going to go up. And then the last thing uh, to remind everybody is we're like a car on ice. You know, we can slam on the brakes today, and I hope we will slam on the brakes as individual 
citizens and families and communities in terms of COVID safe practices, that it's going to take two weeks for the car to stop because people who are already infected will develop symptoms and uh, that may spread a little bit more even if we tighten things up substantially. So this is really a serious issue. You can see the state curve is the dotted blue line here and all the other counties, uh, our metro region of, uh, around Bernalillo County now has passed the southeast uh, for the most number of cases. Of course, a lot more people live in that metro region than in the southeast. So that does make sense, but very concerning uh, to see this spread. This is the slide that now is keeping me awake every night. And it, what this is, is just, it's sort of the same curves <clears throat> that I just showed you, but rather than being broken down by region, it's broken down by age group. And you can see the general shape of our... What, what have I been talking about for the last week? <laughs> Larry, you've been listening, right? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, I said age group every single day. It absolutely matters. It matters more than geography. Epidemiologic curve that we show every week here. But there's only one thing you need to notice that I noticed right away. And that is you can pick any line on here. 0 to 4, 5 to 17, uh, you know, 18 to 34... 35 to 64, or 65 and over, any one of those lines. And where we were uh, actually eight days ago for each of those age groups is higher than we've been ever. And so, and I get really worried when I see that 65 and older group going up as rapidly as it is, because those are the folks who have the highest hospitalization rates. Well, you're taking away a year of their life on the very end. Uh, what's it matter anyway? They're like... You more about. I think another reminder is we, we can sort of get the sense or believe that uh, COVID is just like the common cold. Okay, so here we yeah, go. Yeah, yeah. They're about to uh, give you the full-on onset as to why you don't want COVID-19. Worst case scenario. In here. Yeah, so people yeah. at the hospital are literally in communication with people at the hospital as we speak. And remember, uh, right here, uh, not an epidemiologist, not a virologist, not an immunologist. He's a gerontologist, this person speaking. Yeah, and, uh, well, we can also talk about uh, his, his history and all this. But they're about to tell you why you don't want the coronavirus. Cold, of course, we have no idea whether that's the case. We don't have one and two. Other studies have shown that those abnormalities go away in about half the people. They persist about in about half the people for four months. And it's going to take another year, to, year or two to know what those consequences are. Uh, Long-term neurologic symptoms, we've talked about these before, not just stroke and other things that happen at a much higher risk. The most common persistent symptoms in infections are headache and vertigo, that sense of the room spinning. People have had major complications, encephalitis, uh, infection, inflammation of the whole brain, seizures, giant mood swings, and, and now people are reporting brain fog. We don't know. There we go. Where people are reporting brain fog. No data. People I are reporting. I forgot where I put my keys. Yeah. I'm not really sure where Senior I left moment. my car. You know, if I parked it on the second or the third floor. Uh, apparently, everybody who is uh, going to get the coronavirus or who has it is going to develop into the elephant man. Exactly what that is and what it means, but it seems fairly consistent. We're waiting for more research, but there is a paper now. That's Why don't we wait for the research? Why don't we wait for the vaccine? Why don't we just wait for everybody just to make sure we don't have the, va the we don't have a single person infected anymore, Larry? Before we decide to go ahead and walk out our door, what do you think about that? Well, I just think it's really interesting. If someone just tweeted, I thought it was a good point. When she shuts down businesses, that equals shutting down healthcare yep. in New Mexico. Yep. 
And if she really cares about health care. Well, we'll all be on Medicaid, so that's fine. I guess health professionals don't need somewhere to eat. They don't need to, you know, somewhere to get things done in their life as well. She's going to shut down everything because she doesn't like the numbers she sees. The numbers. This is just about stats, right? And, and it, it, I, I'm going to mention it all day until, until you know, someone asks her about it. You can't say on when, or today's Thursday, you can't say on Thursday that this is the most serious emergency New Mexico has faced. When 24 hours before that, you were with Willie Nelson raising money for Joe Biden. If it's that serious, what are you doing? Describing and, 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 and enumerating the symptoms and limitations that these folks have. Uh, end of 2019, first three months of 2020, and now we're falling behind. And this is not a good time to fall behind. Uh, we're 13- As he says that, the slide pops up, get a flu shot. We're moving from coronavirus to flu percent behind last year and especially especially now that we have had our first recorded case of uh, the 2000 version of influenza B in the state so that means that's there as well uh, we don't know if you can get COVID and flu at the same time there are a few reports of that uh, but you know all the things we're recommending for uh, <clears throat> safe practices like masking staying at home keeping your distance washing your hands they work for both uh, gating criteria, uh, proceeding as one would expect, our spread of COVID, both of those metrics are now uh, basically off the charts with our case. Uh, again, that's a six-day lag there. You heard the case count today of uh, 672. Um, that's, that's more than twice the peak we had uh, uh, before in this measure in the previous peak in the summer. And testing still holding up. I want to address people say, you know, we're doing more testing. That's why we're seeing more cases. You know, the increase in testing that we're doing from 5,000 to 7,700 uh, 7, a day mathematically would result in about 40 to 50 more positive cases. This is just science and math. And we're seeing, what are we seeing? Uh, 300, 400 more. So this is not about more testing. This is about the rapid spread of the disease. And our positivity rate has now crept above Five percent. The thing, the number we've been most proud of as a state, the number that we've often led the nation at, and now we're uh, rapidly degrading. Uh, I know that, uh, for example, today, at today, New Mexico ties with Michigan uh, for the number two spot in the rate of increasing cases across the United States. We're at 39 percent. Missouri is at 45. Interestingly, I've spent my entire life uh, living in New Mexico and Michigan, uh, so, and both of which are tied for number two. For number four, we're followed by South Dakota at 38%, Illinois at 37%. The governor already mentioned this is a nationwide problem. And while uh, somehow our contact tracers have held out last week in keeping up with the case volumes, that's going to be a significant challenge this week. And when you get to 672 cases, it is going to be very, very difficult. Last, and I'm going to talk more about this, our hospitals are now uh, getting quite full. Our uh, ICU beds, as was mentioned in Albuquerque, and many of you know, are full, uh, with a university over 100% full in ICUs, uh, 120 reported in the paper this morning, Presbyterian at very near 100%, Loveless has a few open beds, uh, Christus St. Vincent's, who is also in that hub network, a few, uh, southeastern part of the state, ICU beds uh, full or over full as well. And I think the governor made a really important point that I'm going to talk uh, more about in a minute about 
that we're all we all actually use hospitals. This is the map of where we were at. Uh, you know, in the previous period, you can see everything was red and green, uh, and now you can see the whole this whole part of the state has turned orange. Red means that our case counts and our test positivity rate are out of range. Green means they're both good, and orange means that our number of cases are high, but we're keeping up with testing. But it isn't the test positivity rate that infects other people with COVID. It's the, the, the number of cases, the number of people walking around. So significant shift over the past two weeks uh, that is very, very worrisome to me. Hospital beds. Uh, so on the, on the right, I've got a little graph here. The blue is the average number of hospital beds per 10,000 people. You don't have to do the math on these. You can just sort of relate to the proportions. Alabama is number one in the United States right now. They've got uh, almost four beds per 10,000 people. National average is about 2.7. Uh, Colorado, one of our neighbors, over three. Texas, one of our neighbors, 2.6, 2.7. Arizona, one of our neighbors, 2.6. New Mexico, 2.35, and actually we're the third lowest hospital capacity per person in the state. Texas has told us they will. Can somebody tell me why we're sitting on an empty hospital on Gibson? Larry, do uh, you have the answer I, for that? I, uh, I don't know. I believe that uh, Nick uh, Capison, who owns Nick and Jimmy's, who also owns that hospital, uh, which we spent $7 million on. Why are we sitting on an empty hospital over there if we're talking about hospital over capacity? Just wondering. Just a question. Well, and for the record, our peak was on May 15th. We had 223 uh, people in hospitals. Now we're at 150. We're still well below that peak. So in this crisis of hers, emergency. Larry? And, and you know, if she is concerned about hospitals, how many months does she have to prepare for this? Did she stop preparing? Did she stop doing those things that we needed? And so it, it is, again, every bad part is not her fault. She does not want to take leadership. If she says it's the biggest emergency, then does her actions uh, recognize that? Other than punitively going back and forth, she doesn't have any ideas. She doesn't uh, come to the table. And when was the last time she answered questions from constituents while we're on the subject? That is such a great question. Has she talked to a single constituent in the last six months? I doubt it. I mean, to, to, from the public, from the people who are living a under business owner, a, a these parent. restrictions. Yeah. She has secret advisory committee meetings that, you know, these recommendations supposedly come from. Those are close to the public. We can't even ask the people who are advising her. Anything else? No. We'll no longer be accepting transfers from New Mexico. There's a lot of traffic. It's as simple as that. 99.5% of the time, that is how the virus spreads. We all have to really recommit uh, uh, fighting this virus for another year. Yeah, what about the uh, Gallup Hospital that the military set up? Yeah. They completely they paid millions it. for that and never right. used. Yeah, never used. Yeah. You know, staying at home, the governor mentioned it multiple times, that's really important. Uh, you know, large gatherings, you know, 222 people last week reported to con uh, case investigators that they'd been in a gathering of more than 10 people uh, in the 14 days before they got uh, coronavirus. Now, that's a problem. Uh, you know, we, we usually pass over washing hands and cleaning surfaces. Great paper came out last week. COVID lasts about nine hours on human skin. Nine hours. Uh, it lasts, influenza virus in contrast. Regardless of showering, regardless of uh, 
you know, redressing. Regard, it's, it will last nine hours. We usually pass over washing hands, cleaning surfaces. Have you done any observation? Do you have any data to back that up that people aren't paying attention to? I, I wash my hands every day. Yeah. Everybody I see is wearing a mask. Where is your data that we're not following the rules? Large. You're just making it up because because it suits your narrative. Yeah, it's uh, anecdotal. Well, because the alternative is that the restrictions aren't working. Right. 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 She has to say, well, there's a crack in the system somewhere. Yep. You're just not following good enough. And here we are. And, and the fact of the matter is, I, I see the same thing. I'm out there. I'm wearing a mask. Am I happy about the restrictions? No. Am I following them? Yes. And I see everyone else, literally everyone else around me doing the same thing. And yet the Absolutely. numbers are going up. If I, have to buy, if I want groceries, I, I put the damn mask on every time. I do it. I don't like it, but I do it. And everybody I see does it as well. And they both are killed within 15 seconds. It's been brought to my attention that people assume that. Hey, if I'm with my family, I don't wear a mask. I put my mask on every time I leave home. We go visit relatives. We take off our mask. We leave it in the car, and we go in and spend time with them. That's not a good idea. Keep that mask on anytime you're outside your home, anytime. Uh, and I think with that, Governor, I'm going to turn it back to you. I think no, I would agree nobody likes the situation we're in, but this is a long-term situation. This photo um, that you've got on the screen is a local establishment, if I'm not incorrect. And just just to point this out, none of this behavior is allowed. You can't be standing uh, at a bar. You can't be in that close contact. You have to be six feet uh, socially distanced. Those are the current rules. So this is on there because people aren't helping businesses abide by the public health orders and the rules. And the rules make a difference. They keep our businesses open. They keep our New Mexicans safe. They protect the healthcare workers. And here's an example. Blake's Lauderburger uh, expanded, thank you, Blake's, to Roswell. Is this where they had a uh, homicide two nights ago? I believe it was, right? I'll check. I wonder, yeah, no, no, it was. So, yeah. I so. love the line, following the rules keeps businesses open. Tell that to the ones that are out of business. Um, and after being open a day, they had to close. Uh, and then they got tested and did everything they needed to do. We, you know, sanitized, opened. Everyone infected. They're still closed nine days later. Businesses can't expand. They can't stay open. They can't protect their employees. It is untenable. They need stability, predictability, right? That's slow, that's... By the way, Larry, uh, is, are we still the worst? If she's the worst in the country and then the unemployment rate, she's still receiving a check? She is. She is still cashing her paycheck. She, and she's cashed everyone? Yes. And working about 25 hours a week max? Yeah, that's, that's her average. It is not this. And this notion that we're all invincible is wrong. College and uh, hybrid learning and going out to restaurants. Uh, and it is just creating this natural environment for uh, this serious um, state on fire set of consequences. And I appreciate that you have that photo. I want people to... Oh, the photo of the people carousing and having a great time and drinking at the bar and... Living life, apparently that I really appreciate that. Social capital I, helps your immune system, helps your mental state. Being out with friends. Well, and here's the, I remember when she was blaming Southeast New Mexico. Look at what's going on, Southeast New Mexico. Look what's going on. And now today, the numbers over 300. Love you, Bernalillo County. But over 300 of the new numbers are from Bernalillo County. I wonder if uh, she'll shame them as well. 
to see what we see every day. Uh, and again, we uh, identify the right measures, proud, effective, smart, engaged. Uh, and this is a state that's known for taking care of each other. We just are. It's one of the reasons people like to come to New Mexico. It's beautiful and move here. But this is not an indication that we're taking that seriously in COVID. I can't tell if the uh, cross across her neck is the Zia uh, cross, which is quite unlucky, or it's the uh, Christian cross. Uh, it, it sort of changes day to day, Larry. And I know you're really kind of neither in uh, any of that, but that's uh, kind of interesting with the symbolism that she leads with. I think it's the German Iron Cross. <laughs> and I just, I understand we're tired. We're exhausted by a pandemic that has very little real, you know, outside of I have to stay in a bubble and isolated in my home. Um, what? What? Was effective that? measures. If you're not frustrated by this, um, then you're probably out too much. This is hard. What? Oh! what is, are you freaking kidding me? There's no way she just said that. We're in this together, but you're heading out too much. Whoa. <sighs> You're a governor, ladies and gentlemen. Folks, you got to get rid of this chick. She's terrible, bro. She's bad news totally like, all the way. Caesar ain't got nothing on this woman. Nero doesn't have anything on this woman. Of the alarm in our first case, we showed that if you stay at home, lives, but most importantly, our ability to have access to health care. So, New Mexico, we're going to do it. You're going to show us all that these mitigation efforts are enough. But if they are not enough, then, again, we keep narrowing the decisions uh, that are available to, uh, to myself and uh, to my team, and we are prepared to make tough decisions. Um, but today, you've seen that we're going to ratchet back a little bit about how we do things. Ask for your support, cooperation, and dedication here. Um, All of which are mandatory. Virus with a vengeance. That's how it treats us. That's how it needs to treat it right back. All right, Nora, we're ready for questions. Oh, thank you, thank Governor, you, for Governor, providing me this opportunity. I see lots of hands up. Perfect. So we will start with Jen Gould from the Santa Fe. New Mexican, and Jens, you are... Former employee of Keith Ranieri, by the way. Thanks, Nora. Hi, Governor. Hi, Secretary. Hey, um, you, so you've said today that this is the most serious emergency that New Mexico has ever faced, um, and case numbers are higher now. Spanish flu was pretty serious. World War II was pretty serious. Dining, Great Depression was pretty serious. Uh, retail were completely closed. So I'm, I'm wondering why aren't you already taking measures that would be proportional to the measures back then. Why are you doing um, more? And I don't know if you can draw that direct sort of proportional um, line, but if we were going by the numbers, it would seem that you would have already announced today that we'd be going back to something more restrictive, like shutting down uh, indoor dining and retail. You know, that's something to talk well, about. Two reasons, and that is a very um, um, effective question, frankly. I'm, I'm glad that you raised it. Um, when she compliments the question, she hates the question. I would mitigation efforts if the modeling team set, didn't say, look, if you can get to the Mexicans and you do these things, we reduce tourism, right? Out-of-state travel is a big issue for the state. Uh, so we reduce lodging and we provide a limitation on when you can be serving alcohol and food together. That, that Those are uh, clearly follow the data points about where we're seeing increases in high-risk behavior. 
family gatherings, so limit that number again and really hit that hard. They're, they can be enough. And what we've been talking about, so here's the other side of the equation. If this is a year from now, maybe nine months from now, are, are, are we prepared? Is every state prepared? Are we going to close every six weeks? Are we going to not open schools for another year? Are we going to um, have a stay-at-home order that lasts till next September? And so what I've said is that based on the modeling and the data, that I believe that this state can manage COVID in a steady, slow, predictable fashion. And I want to believe that we just had Labor Day, beautiful fall weather, kids back to school, and perfect storm. People but she should know the answer to this. If we're contract tracing, she should know right? where this is happening. Yep, yep, yep. Again, not I a mention of protest. Because I want us to show, and I want to support New Mexico's economy, <laughs> sure. that sure. we can do it. But if we can't, and it has to be quick, we can see the modality. We can see what's coming in in complaints. We can track the rapid responses. So in terms of seeing the numbers five weeks out, I can see many more indicators much quicker than I'll make that really tough decision. Um, but that's why we didn't make it today. You are correct. The numbers warrant that decision. So let me stop here. I think that's really important to talk about these yep. these testing numbers mm -hmm. and why we're at this rate that we are. Because we're not getting any differentiation between what's being tested, whether it's antibodies or after they're being tested, if they were already infected or how they were infected or what's the read. You know, if you get a positive test that happens right now, it's as if you're actively infected. And there's no doubt there's been a herd immunity that's been created amongst people that have stated that you've already had this. You're asymptomatic. Mm -hmm. You already went through it. Oh, I had it in November. I had it in February. I had it in March. I had it in, in June, July, August. Whenever you had it, if you test for it now, they're going to force you to quarantine anyway and suspect, right? These are not experts, and especially the epidemiologists. Since it's so asymptomatic, there's no way to tell you whether or not you truly have it. Is it, Am I, am I yeah. correct on that based well, upon and, what we and, researched? And these surges that they're talking about the last seven or eight days, um, even if you have it, this is the CDC numbers, even if you test positive, 0 to 19%, 0 to 19 years old, you have 99.997% survival rate. This is not the general population. This is if you test positive. 20 to 49, 99.98% survival rate. 50 to 69, getting up there in age, 99.5% survival rate if you test positive. Um, with her, it's always doom and gloom, no hope, no hope, no hope, shut down. And what did she say? Don't go out, don't go out, don't go out, direct quote. Well, and let's talk about her, the question there, because, I mean, you were right, Dad. The premise was, why aren't you doing more, Governor? But let's, get, let's delve into it a little bit. The numbers necessitate her locking down right. much exactly. harder than right. she did. Exactly. Right. And right. the question then becomes, why isn't she? Is it because, A, she knows New Mexicans aren't listening to her, and when it gets worse again, she will continue more to blame? Or that, B... She knows that it is not going to result uh, scientifically from what is happening. What we have seen from this administration is selective science. They ignore things like the Great Barrington Declaration, yep. but yet, you know, one single news article of right. a child right. uh, getting severely ill in New York, that will make it into the press conference. Yep. And so the selective science, New Mexicans are seeing through it. And I think someone needs to call her a little bit on this hypocrisy. You can't say it's the most serious thing in the world 
and then essentially you're doing a few extra restrictions, right. exactly. and then she's going to turn back, well, my faith is in the people. No, I think she knows that her credibility is lost. And I think that's been evident to the people, which is why she's coming out today. Uh, let's not forget the fact, of course, early voting starts in two days, compounded with the fact that there's a vaccine uh, coming out, I believe, within the next seven to ten days. They don't want to see that. Any positive progress, as this is a, a, a marathon, not a sprint, this will continue for another nine months. We're not following science here. We're following direct edicts so that they can keep command and control of blue states, whether it's California, New Mexico. And, it, it, and, and folks, you're not going to die from the coronavirus. There's been 9,000-plus deaths of people who have actually died directly from the coronavirus. The people who have died from the coronavirus aren't dying from it. They're dying with it, yep. with comorbidities. Right. Please understand that. And that is not out of the fault of the environment of any place that you want. It's actually less fatal, less fatal than the flu. And, and, and what a slander. This is an exact quote. This notion that we're all invincible is wrong. Um, my parents live 2,000 miles away. They're in their, in their 70s. I'm sure there are people hearing my, hearing my voice right now in this state who have elderly parents here who are taking all the extra precautions. They care about their family members. They don't think people who are older and sicker are invincible. They're going the extra mile to, to protect their, their loved ones. Hospitals and, and nursing homes are going the extra mile to protect these older people who are more at risk. We don't all equally think we're invincible. This, this one was deranged, deranged. But I believe, and again, the public health experts, I really want to make sure I've done that. They... You got it. I'm going to uh, pitch to Dr. Scrace the, the breakout. I actually don't have that breakout. I can talk about it in terms of uh, uh, folks uh, if I look back at the testing. So no, I'm you can Dr. break it up. Dr. Scrace can find that in his By handy age. data set there. And geography. Um, uh, but uh, the, uh, the uh, enforcement uh, issues, uh, So, uh, and I, I know folks get frustrated with me about being too verbose, so I'm going to really work hard at this, and I appreciate yeah, really, that, shut up. that constructive. Who says she's not listening to us? The way that the public health orders work is that we have the ability in the state to enforce them using two uh, efforts, right? The criminal side, which is a... Larry, you're going to get prosecuted. You murdered somebody. You were infected with the coronavirus, or you walked out without a mask. You infected somebody else. You later test positive from it. I can now legally prosecute you because you did not follow the governor's orders. Yes or no? Well, I think a question that we should ask is, you know what? If you can show up at a church with state police, you know, while they're still meeting, within the hour, why can't you show up on the Santa Fe Plaza while protesters are sitting there for over three days? A misdemeanor, typically, and for not mask wearing, for example, up to a hundred dollar fine enforcement there, and then the folks who do the rest of that kind of public health enforcement work, largely but not entirely, the environment department, as an example and a partner, you know they would do it through their OSHA reviews and their rapid responses. Given the number of rapid responses, which are really intended to safeguard employees to reduce the spread of infection and to isolate those workers, uh, we realize that we've got other regulators, overseers, folks who have training and the ability to issue a um, civil citation, um, and we aren't using those individuals. And so think about... Uh, you know, game and fish. Think about... Uh, uh, you want to know what's going on with game and fish right now? They're taking their employees, they're sticking them under lock and key for 72 to 96 hours and literally putting them in a room and uh, putting them in an inquisition for them fighting back.
That's what's happening right now. More on that a little bit later. I'll tell you about that. Really? I, that's something I have to uh, share back with you, Deb. Yeah, we'll, we'll we'll give you we'll break down the story Very for that. Yep. The gaming commission regulators think about construction industries uh, as regulators. All those kinds haven't gone to any family gatherings. I haven't hosted any. I haven't had family dinners. I'm I'm in, I was already in yes, the triangle. I wear a mask religiously. I'm I'm doing everything I know to do. And I, my neighbor did this, or my coworker did that, or my favorite um, place to shop is doing this, and nothing happens. And so, you know, I'm really frustrated that the state isn't keeping me safe by doing more on the enforcement. And we do have bad actors who are purposely not following the public health orders, who have had huge Guilty. gatherings uh, in their places of employment, or families, you know, who have had large backyard events and weddings, and it is a significant problem. And so we're going to try this effort, including really paying attention to lodging, making sure that we're doing that enforcement, uh, looking at uh, visitors, talking to folks that we're really going to do it. Um, and will we get to everyone? Impossible. The only way that we make this work is that people's behaviors change after today. Uh, that's not to say that a police officer... Did, did you hear that? That's what it's all about. It's about yeah. changing your behavior, changing yeah. your vote, changing what you do. It's about us forcing you into a c contrived way of being. Well, and she slipped in that we're going to be asking visitors. What, what a way to encourage tourism. Ask people who come in here from out of state, you know, have you quarantined? Yeah, I'll, I'll come back to New Mexico next time. Sure. And so this is another leveraging tool. It's very focused. It's focused at the places where we're seeing the most violations. So we think we get a bigger bang for our buck in that regard, and we're going to focus in that way. Yeah, and Dan, uh, just on the percent of people who have COVID that are asymptomatic, there's two parts to this question. Uh, part one is the subset of people that we complete a case investigation on, and it, it you know, those people who have a positive test, they're contacted by a case investigator, and that's had an interesting trend. At the uh, very beginning of the uh, pandemic, uh, when there was a preponderance of people getting tested who were symptomatic, about 90% of people had symptoms, 10% were asymptomatic. And then that gradually rose as there was more awareness and, uh, you know, we're doing an awful lot of testing. We got up to about 50%, just a little below 50% in uh, late June when that case curve was rising. And... Uh, and then in August, right around the end of August, early September, we were running in the low 30% of people asymptomatic. I don't have the most current number. We check that on an ad hoc basis rather than trending it daily or weekly. So I can get that. And then part two of the question is that in our model, we have built-in assumptions based on for every one person who we know has coronavirus with a positive test, how many other people are there out there who also uh, – based on data uh, and trends that we're seeing and mortality rates and hospitalization rates, how many other people have COVID? And that's a ratio of 3.4 to 1. So three. So one thing uh, I've been getting people who are trying to tell me to call in and register, they will not register my radio station or radio station, in, and you have to be pre-registered three hours before the time of the conference, uh, Larry. So uh, we are not allowed to ask any questions on behalf of the people of New Mexico. It's controlled. It's controlled. She, they they want to know who's coming way before, and they prepare. If you look at the governor's schedule, she spends two hours before these press conferences getting ready for these press yeah, conferences. And she knows the questions that are coming. Mm -hmm. 2.4 people out there that we don't know about to every one 
that we do. You are unmuted. Go right ahead. Thank you, everybody. Uh, wanted to see what these new numbers meant for University of New Mexico with a football game at the end of the month, the basketball team, basically just those two sports that make the most money for UNM. Is there any chance that they're going to be able to have games and play games in the state? And where are we with the rapid testing, uh, testing, the, the research you guys were going to do on the rapid testing, because last time you said you did not feel it was as effective and the numbers had shown it. Thank you. Thank you, Brandon. I'm going to go to Dr. Scrace about the Abbott Biomax. Oh, that's Brandon Evans, uh, Channel 7. And where we're thinking we can use them. So thank you for reminding us that uh, we were doing that. And the feds want us to uh, update our plan about using those. Uh, so I'll have Dr. Scrace do that. But on UNM, look, I, I have to believe, I do believe, that we have actual evidence that shows that when the Mexicans buckle down and we do everything that we're being asked of each other, a social contract, we stay the course. I make tough decisions. I Where is that a, evidence? A Show us the evidence. Again today, uh, or a couple of days ago, effective tomorrow, uh, that the numbers come down. They come down fairly dramatically. Uh, it's steady, and we um, can just ignore it. the last week. Um, so I know that 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 we can we can do that. And is that going to be soon enough for a game coming up? I I can't answer that uh, today. I would say no. Uh, and I will tell you that I think UNM is seeing that the positivity rates are giving them some challenges, even with their very aggressive, and they're doing it, testing, isolating, keeping everyone in a tight social contract. That means they're all in a pot. So, Brandon, you're an idiot, and we're going to keep the go uh, the uh, football team shut down, and I don't know why you came to us uh, with this conversation about it. But if I gave the answer today, the answer would be no, and it doesn't look good and it's posing some challenges, but I won't give you an answer, much like uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris won't give you an answer about stacking the court. Um, and uh, given uh, the numbers, I think folks should expect that UNM is prepared to publicly announce. Um, I refuse to oh, it's not funny how that got skipped have over. optimism that weird? about our ability See that? to push this Publicly announce that they're going to shut down for the season. But too early to tell, but the, the signs are not good. And it is finding itself. She loves this fear porn. Yeah. She loves it. She sees this as her purpose in life now. This is, yeah. this is literally, yeah. she really feels that she's holding the wand. Into schools and into sports. It absolutely is. And UNM is not an exception. And early on, we saw it take hold in practices at state. Uh, it gets in. It stays in. We're seeing that happen at schools all across anecdotal. the country, and we're seeing it happen in all sports. Even though we've shown, um, you know, some of the professional leagues, as we're all aware, have really done a great job at finding their own mitigation efforts that have worked in large part. But there's no such thing as 100% with this virus until you can get a vaccine against it. Dr. Scrace? Yeah, anything less than 100% yeah, safety uh, is unacceptable. The West League did come up with a proposal for... Uh, West League and did come up with a proposal testing. for uh, three times a week. And we're still waiting for UNM to provide data that uh, on the machines they plan to use. Uh, they were doing that through Quest Lab, and there, there's an EUA that, to my knowledge, has not yet come out. So we have not approved them to use that. They're doing three times a week PCR, and uh, uh, we're requiring that 
I, I probably should say just a couple things about antigen testing or, or rapid, particularly rapid testing. Since we're on that topic, there was an article in the paper about 5,000 of those tests that were done earlier this week. Uh, Nevada uh, discovered that in their nursing homes, they decided prospectively to retest everybody who had a rapid antigen test with we had a positive rapid antigen test to retest them with a PCR. Yeah, prepare for the uh, University of New Mexico football season to be canceled. Uh, that is coming. I uh, just got uh, getting text. exact device, uh, the BD Verator, that was one of the ones investigated in Nevada. In Nevada, there were 30 positive tests in nursing home. Uh, good text coming in. Will the Albuquerque United be allowed? New Mexico United be allowed to go play at El Paso, uh, where Michelle Lujan Grisham has, and they have a Saturday game. Uh, Michelle Lujan Grisham just stated explicitly, "Do not go to El Paso." Can you get that slide uh, down on that? Yep, please? exactly. That's a great question. Patient is positive. The first thing you do is move them from the COVID negative hall into the COVID positive hall of the nursing home, which is not okay. This is a disaster. Every part of this, in terms of what the government is doing here in the state of New Mexico, is a unbelievable disaster. I can only imagine that Peter Travesiani and the New Mexico United are right now saying, what the hell are you doing? Hmm. Like, it, like, New Mexico United, uh, go ahead and keep it right here. You ain't leaving to, to El Paso this weekend. Uh, and hey, you had it right. Direct quote, do not go chance. to El Paso is the slide. You're really, really concerned about these tests. Think repeat every positive, you know, antibody test. And then there's the other concern that I, uh, we don't have as much data on yet about false negatives. So you know, it's another nightmare. You get your COVID test, it's negative by the rapid test, uh, and, and probably you don't have symptoms, uh, and you get this test, and then you're wandering around with the assumption that you're good when, in fact, you have COVID. And so this is going to be our biggest testing challenge, I predict, in the next six to eight weeks. And as you know, uh, the, the device I mentioned, the Binax, uh, really kind of flooding the market. Now, and I do not have the final data on the Binax uh, 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 today. And uh, the Matt is still working on that. The lab folks are working hard on it. And we'll get that out when we get the data. Uh, and Brandon, that'll teach you to actually ask that question, uh, Dr. Scrace, and I feel like I could get uh, maybe an honorary degree now in some of the molecular bi biology aspects. She is one of condescending bitch. But look, God, is she full of Did herself? Did you hear that? Where the White House should not be... She says she deserves an honorary degree. ...on a deal to get instruments and testing supplies because the White House made a commitment in advance of their science team. We're gonna test every kid who's gonna go back to school. We're gonna test every educator. We're gonna open up nursing homes to visitation because we're desperate for that. Remember, it's not political, and, everyone. And uh, I'm desperate for that. I'm desperate for that. Why wouldn't you be? Our loved ones, and it's true, I've said that's true, I've never hidden from that. No governor that I'm aware of, aware of has hidden from the fact that isolation is great for managing the virus, important for us to do, there are other consequences to that. That's why trying to learn to live with this virus so that we can have some predictable risks so that we can deal with some of those isolation factors, not the least of which uh, is about nursing home visitation and supporting our loved ones. So the White House says, everybody, it's safe. You can go back and to prove that we're going to give everybody a test. So then they identify in the marketplace where you've got a lot of testing uh, instruments and supplies but they don't work in this context, 
and they have real accuracy problems. They flood states with them. It's a false sense of security, and that's not how you make decisions about testing. You have a map, you have Dr. Grace, you have Dr. Fauci. They make those decisions, then they should have used the Defense Production Act to manufacture enough of those supplies so that states would have everything that they need. They did it completely backwards. Um, and it's really shameful, and it's creating huge problems. We're going to do due diligence, and we're going to use what we can where we should. So we're trying to do an all-of-the-above approach, something else we're well-known for, but this is fraught with potential serious problems, particularly now with our case numbers. I need to know who is positive, where you are, and I need to quickly get you isolated so that we stop the transmission. And prosecute you if you did it on purpose. Yeah. Good question. All these are good questions. It's a tough topic. Next question, Nora. Thank you, Governor and Dr. Scrace. Next, we'll go to Patrick Hayes with KOB. Patrick, you are unmuted. Go right ahead. Thank you, Nora, Governor, Secretary. I uh, was wondering, you know, that some of the reports this week show that we have the highest rate of spread and some of the increase in cases this week here in Albuquerque, at least, have been at the homeless shelter and the jail. Are these places doing enough to prevent the spread? Um, I think MDC uh, could have done a much better job. You know, I want to be fair. I, I would always be fair. I apologize for even starting that sentence in that way. Yeah, the, when we have a corrections protocol, we know who's coming, uh, and we are ready for that transfer. We can do all the testing. You know, we've got stability in the population. We've got places to move folks. And in fact, you know, we, we are only at 76, and that's a good thing and a required legal issue in our corrections um, uh, facilities. We're at 76% of population capacity. In a jail, you don't know how many people you're going to get every day. Uh, and you don't have the same luxury in terms of testing and getting it all done and dealing with symptom screening. So I want to be fair that it's a different environment. However, uh, uh, they could have done more with really paying attention to symptomatic populations coming in. I don't know that they were able to manage some of the staffing protocols in the way that we believe you should and have provided guidance uh, and, and required efforts at and again, you immediately have to figure out a way to isolate those folks who are infected. You can't just release individuals uh, that are required to be in jail, but you also have to know what options you have. And, and again, once it's in, it's uncontrollable. So both. I want to be fair about the circumstances under which they have to operate, which means we can't have nearly as high a positivity rate. And two, we can all do better. MDC could have done better. And we're working with the, the uh, uh, local government right now to improve their ability to manage COVID and to prevent it. The same thing with the homeless shelter. Uh, and as you know, we're moving folks into other areas so that we can mitigate spread and then realign ourselves with better COVID safe practices with our local government partners. Dr. Scrace? I saw and, you. And uh, again, another great question. And, and, you know, homeless shelters in particular – and correctional facilities are a real challenge. It's a congregate setting, people in closer quarters. Uh, early data, I remember this was April, May, uh, in homeless shelters on the West Coast and East Coast, showing COVID positivity rates of 45 to 80% in the people who are staying there and 30 to 50% approximate numbers in staff. And so it's a real challenge. Uh, 
Secretary Blaylock and uh, working with the National Guard uh, reached out over the last weekend. We did fill up our initial uh, sheltering site that we have. We've op- we've uh, uh, arranged for two additional sites that are filling up and trying to isolate people, trying to isolate families from each other. But it's a, it's a tremendous challenge because those environments are indoors and people don't always wear their masks for a variety of reasons, some of which are not their fault. And, uh, you know, sometimes the air circulation is not ideal, although I'm not speaking in particular to the facilities we're talking about today. So it's just a really tough issue. And uh, in most places they have that have had these outbreaks, they've seen well over 50% of uh, the residents uh, infected. And, and one last thing, and I know that folks want us to go faster, but the states, we, we, we should be required, we should be expected. This is what public servants do. These are our jobs. But again, all this work, the National Guard, our sheltering sites, children, youth, and families, the Environment Department, the Human Services Department, everyone in the governor's office, there is a limitation. And so the more cases we have, the less effective we are at partnering and supporting everyone else, private and public sector, to manage COVID because it's too much all at once. I just really want to highlight that, that there is a limitation and we are at it. So this has to this has to turn over immediately. Thank Next you, up. Governor and Dr. Grace. Next, we'll go to Julia Goldberg with the Santa Fe Reporter. Julia should be unmuted. Left wing operation, not a journalist. <clears throat> there we go. Go right ahead. Thank you, Nora. Thanks, Governor. Thank you, Dr. Grace. I had two questions. Um, the first relates to restaurants. The case epidemiology report this week indicated that um, folks who tested positive and reported activities going to restaurants and bars um, had actually outpaced um, other types of gatherings, I think for the first time um, since July, maybe. And, Governor, as you shared, um, the week-by-week increase of rapid responses at restaurants is up 120%. My question is, is there, are contact tracers, is the state in any way connecting dots between those two data points? In other words, if someone reports, oh, yes, I went to this restaurant, is there cross-referencing with the actual restaurant, and is it known? These people probably caught this at this restaurant where we've had um, these cases among employees, or is it more kind of a general extrapolation about what's happening? And my second question uh, relates to testing. The Wall Street Journal this week reported um, labor shortages and labor burnouts at, um, among lab techs across the, uh, the country due to the millions of tests being processed, including uh, Tricor was uh, quoted in that story. And I wondered if that was something the state was encountering at the scientific laboratory or if there was anticipation this might, um, in general, hinder testing going forward. Thanks so much. Yeah, Julie, you're, you're awesome. I'm going to do the, la- the latter question first. Yes. Um, uh, early in the pandemic, uh, our state lab was incredibly stretched, and we worked hard to staff up some of those technicians. Uh, and uh, we actually, uh, you might remember that we were working at all of these redundant backup uh, laboratory uh, efforts, right? We had a laboratory in, in Colorado. None of that worked as efficiently as we wanted it to, and we still have all of those redundant backup systems, but now they're stretched, to your point. 
It, this, this pandemic has an epidemic issue in the United States. We don't have enough folks. They are burned out. They, they are running 24-hour cycles at full capacity. There aren't enough people to keep replacing people. Uh, and that's the other issue about this pandemic. I tried to really focus on if we want economic success, I know that's not the focus of your question, you can't keep closing businesses for a day or a couple of days or two weeks. We can't do it. And you have to have employees who can actually go to work because they're not infected. Uh, that's stopping. And we're exhausted as a society. The lab techs, the, the, the molecular biologists, the folks who keep the instruments running, the people who are collecting the samples who haven't had days off, my public health docs and nurses and regional directors, they haven't had a day off since March. Since March, there aren't enough people to do it. And 100,000 New Mexicans uh, would love to go I'm back to work. And I'm telling them it's mm. another year. And yes, we're trying to hire. We're, we're looking. We've been leveraging. Uh, Dr. Grace will tell you every state employee is doing something related to COVID. So your old job might have been um, uh, archiving. Your new job is checking in and calling and doing data work for the pandemic, right? Everyone is doing pandemic work. We're at our bandwidth. So, yes, I worry about it all of the time. It has impacted our ability sometimes to run all the samples in a 24-hour time frame. There are I think you roughly 20,000 employees said, yes, of the state of New Mexico. You know, Every one of them is working on the pandemic. Why do we still have so many unanswered supply questions? supply chain mm -hmm. or personnel chain where we couldn't do it. It is a growing concern, and it gets harder the more tests they're running a day. So, uh, and the more flu cases we get and other respiratory issues they're going to have to run, the more dangerous and difficult this is going to become to manage. So it is a problem, and I'm very concerned about it. Um, and then the, the other question that you asked is about the data points. It's more in the contact tracing. We sometimes can, you know, pinpoint uh, exactly a location or, you know, the ground zero of an infection. Largely, that doesn't occur. It's more generalized about knowing that uh, it, this restaurant in general, this area in general, it is actually very hard for me to be able, even with effective contact tracing, to tell you everyone caught COVID here, and then they took it here, 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 and here. And that is much more difficult to do because people do multiple things while they were infected. And I can't tell you where it started, um, and it's really hard to connect those dots. So it's more general about where I know people were, how often they were there, uh, and during their infected period, how likely and how many people were likely there. I think that's a huge time. admission. She just said essentially we can't really figure out where right. people are getting this. The media. Right. Because, uh, and I mean that as a compliment. I know it sounded like I wasn't being complimentary, but I really am. So when, when we see that, you know, May, a, May, a wedding in Maine did X, when someone comes forward and says, I got COVID, and then someone from the press can reach out and talk to them and ask if they'll tell their story, then you can begin to put those together. Uh, and it has really been incredible to see that. Uh, we'd have to have more robust ways of doing contact tracing, and we do need to figure out ways to use more of the Google, Google apps and other things. We're seven again, months into this. We, need we still need to figure out ways, according to the governor. Yep. those strategies and to use them. Otherwise, it's very hard to actually do the pinpointing that you um, uh, asked about. Uh, so it's rare. It's more generalized.
A couple quick additions, Governor. I should also mention the governor has done some effective contact tracing herself. I have, uh, in fact. I have. She has. Um, uh, Julia, the key difference here, you know, when we think of tracking down restaurants, you know, with through public health, it's almost always through a foodborne illness like salmonella, botulism, E. coli. You know, we call people up. Where have you eaten? Now, tell me everywhere you've eaten. Uh, botulism is usually fatal, so we can't call those people up. But the other infections, we can. Where have you eaten? And most people haven't eaten at 30 different restaurants in the past 14 days. But when we call up people who have a, a coronavirus infection, you know, it's where have you been in the past 14 days? And, you know, a lot of people have been to restaurants. doesn't mean they got the infection there. Uh, we do know of super spreader events. There's a notorious one in China of a family who all had COVID and were symptomatic sitting in front of an air conditioner, and that uh, that was a sort of a super spreader event. Governors mentioned weddings, also a source as well. Uh, you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, people had 30 contacts when you call them, and then when we all hunkered down, it was more like one or five, and now we're back up to 30 again. I've asked them to sort of trend that and see if we can learn anything there. And I just wanted to end on this one with a, a shout-out to our laboratory leaders, Dr. Edwards at the State Lab, Dr. Crossy and Culbreeze um, at uh, Tricor, they've just done an amazing job responding yeah. and dramatically, dramatically increasing, you know, the, their ability to test for uh, COVID. Uh, it's been uh, unbelievable. And I think uh, at least I know times are harder today and the past couple of weeks cases are going up, but they're still at the forefront of helping us manage this. They are, you know, uh, Dr. Edwards has to respond when I call, state employee. Uh, Dr. Crossy does not, uh, private sector. Uh, I, I have called both uh, on numerous occasions, and I've talked to Dr. Crossy at all hours of the day and night. Uh, it, it, I can't say enough about our private sector partners and um, the public dedication to doing everything we can to be reliable partners to bring you facts and information, and to do everything we can to keep New Mexicans safe. And we couldn't do it without all those state employees. She's got her arms crossed leaders, now. And we certainly couldn't mean. do it without our private sector partners. And I would say that's a place where New Mexico is still leading. Uh, our private sector partners lean in every single day, repeatedly. No one has said no. No one. Thank you, Governor and Dr. Grace. Next, I'll go to Morgan Lee with the AP. Morgan, you should be. I'm sure this is going to be objective. Uh, hello, Governor, Dr. Grace. Um, with, given these current trends, um, I wonder if you could comment on what the implications are for um, the voting process for um, uh, voting convenience centers that are about to open. Um, if you're taking any special measures, uh, they are giving new direction to county clerks and secretary of state's office. And, uh, especially now that, um, I remember this is the magic question uh, we've all been waiting for. This is exactly her intent. This anymore, is what I, I think, this entire thing is all about. Um, thank you. She's jumping in right uh, away. Morgan, uh, we haven't thought about additional measures because it's a pretty strict, 
uh, set of COVID safe practices that we practiced in the primary successfully. But I will tell you this, uh, if we need to think about stronger measures, not stricter in the context of not letting people vote, right? We, we want people to be able to exercise their voting rights. Uh, we are still, uh, you know, uh, reminding people about absentee ballots, but if you're going to go to your polling uh, place and your convenient uh, locations that are now opening up, it's not just uh, the clerk's offices, uh, that six feet apart, you must have a mask on. Uh, they are minimizing surfaces that you touch and contact. And so uh, all of that will remain. But here's an issue that I want to just tie back to some another question I've answered. We have some clerk's offices around the state, particularly in some of the rural areas, who have staff out because of COVID, right? There are close contacts, so they're isolating or they're infected. So now you're losing staff during a critical time in their work. Uh, and another example, mm. we had a pharmacist, only mm. pharmacist in entire county who was unavailable oh. because of COVID. Uh, so it, it, this can't has dire prescriptions consequences and can't, for just doing routine work. Uh, can't but count I think votes it's, after the election. There's a possibility there we go. Uh, that we may have to Perfect. talk about what we could do to uh, further protect largely retirees. There we go. Who have to be at these polling locations. Yeah, we're going to have to delay um, the vote. We feel pretty good about the COVID safe practices that we've identified. Mm -hmm. They are intended to keep everyone there this safe. This woman is and, a fraud. You know, please keep requesting your uh, absentee ballots until the deadline. Dr. Grace. Yeah. yeah, just really quickly, I think they're, you know, like this is illustrative of so many things that have a low risk and kind of medium or high risk option. Lowest risk is voting very high risk. I'm hopeful that we go. most high risk. People for COVID are mailing their ballots in. Oh, you know, more risk go. is going to the polling place in person. There you go. Alarm mask, everybody. Stay six feet apart. Uh, even if other people aren't following the rules, follow the rules yourself. And then, of course, in my opinion, anyway, the highest risk is not voting at all. What? Thank you, Governor and Doctor Grace. I mean, it, Next, what, I'll go what was that? The the person trying to protect you from this illness says the highest risk for the illness is not voting at all? Yeah. And, and what, In other did, words, did the slide not, not say not getting, stay home? Not getting rid of Donald Trump. Did the slide say stay uh, home? You didn't I'm, hear the whistle? You didn't hear the, 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 little, the I, little whistle? I guess I didn't. Dog I mean, whistle the, there. The, vote. the contradictions in these orders? Vote for, vote for Democrats right Support there. your small businesses, but stay home. But you have to... You better show up to uh, vote. We have every you, state employee Chris doing something, but stay home. Chris, you are unmuted. They are. Was they issued a lot of warnings. Um, I know you had mentioned um, Governor Lujan Grisham about just how local police have been sort of reluctant to take part in the enforcement action. Um, first kind of question is: Is it time to know, start really cracking down, writing those tickets instead there you go. of just Harold Medina's police force going to crack down along on those tickets. lines as well as with these state enforcement employees? You know. How do you sort of expect them to do much better when they're sort of in a, a lesser capacity sometimes seen as than a, a uniformed police officer, right, without a, a badge or a uniform? That's really um, good. Do you expect those enforcement employees for the state to go up to people on the street without a mask maybe or when they see a group of people who aren't distancing and sort of say, hey, look, I'm a state enforcement employee with such and such department. I'm going to write you the civil sort of penalty. You know, what do you kind of expect from those employees? And, and, and then I guess the last part of this, 
the people on the ground who may not see that badge, may not see that uniform, may be reluctant to, say, hand over information on their uh, <laughs> license or, or identify themselves. Um, I guess, yeah, overall, a lot of questions I have just about the sort of success of this enforcement effort. Thank you. I, I don't think any of those uh, uh, experiences and questions or issues you've identified aren't without merit. They all are. And if there were other options, uh, we would use those. We're going to use every tool in our toolbox. And I think it's the least effective for the individual not wearing a mask, because you're right, they may not give you any information. We aren't going to get in an altercation. There will be no, uh, if you will, uh, citizen's arrest. None of that is occurring. You know, we're not looking at creating more tension, although no one likes a citation. So largely the uh, state employees are going to have to absolutely, and they're willing because they're, they're living through these burdens and are fearful about where our state is headed. And people want accountability. Uh, I, I can tell you that a lot of New Mexicans are calling and writing to us saying, I started with that on the front end of our conversation today. Well, I'm doing everything right, but nothing happens to everybody who isn't doing everything right. That's a fair criticism. So largely, you know, families, organizations, and I, and I, I actually hate to, to give people the notion that we're going to be driving up and down um, neighborhoods. Of course we're not. First of all, it would be ineffective uh, we respond to when someone says, this is occurring, can you go take a look and do something about it? Largely organizations, businesses, uh, that's the place where uh, this team of state workers, public servants, are going to be the most effective and to help uh, um, the environment department with the work that they're engaged in. They can't replace OSHA. That requires very specific training. So they can't do citations there. I hope that your question does this today. Local law enforcement has not done enough, and that is not to say that we haven't had some, very few, as you know, individual citations for not wearing masks uh, and citations. Uh, could this be perhaps the reason why she changed chiefs of police here in the city of Albuquerque? Local law enforcement has not done enough to step up enforcement. Chief Geyer not falling in line. Yeah, not falling in line, but we can get Harold Medina to basically... Uh, we can control him. Yeah, we can uh, send him a, a, a jolt of electricity, and uh, you can get him to do anything. Well, let's talk about the dynamics of it, too. You have an officer who probably lives in your community, yep. has to see you every day. Yep. Your kids go to school with his or her kids, yep. and now you know they're put into a position to... Uh, enforce a health order which was not passed you know by law i yep. understand the broader thing was, right, but right. you know and and maybe part of the reason these officers aren't doing it is because they have to look the people in the face and they know how nonsensical it is they don't have the luxury of being detached in the governor's residence yep, just yep. throwing out edicts they're the ones who have to you know be where the rubber meets the road and it is not easy when these nonsensical rules are coming down and the officers who may not believe in them themselves are having to uh, enforce them among community members that they care about. And, and maybe the off local officers are doing their job, like looking into robberies, uh, patrolling streets, you know, there may be sexual assaults, assaults and batteries going on, car thefts, you know, vandalism. Maybe they're focused on other things, Michelle. I, I've been told none of that's important. This no. is the greatest emergency ever. Compliance. Um, and there have been mostly warnings, although we've, those warnings have gotten operated out. We can address productively. We're going to do our very best. 
because doing nothing is untenable. So don't expect public workers just roaming around uh, the, the streets of New Mexico uh, trying to get information and issue a citation to a bypass or uh, an individual walking from one place to another. Uh, expect that we will continue to ask and put real pressure on law enforcement to do what they're required to do, which is to enforce these orders just like they would a seatbelt law. Oh, and, another uh, reason to leave my the team, uh, <laughs> my additional team. The coronavirus is basically uh, as, as dangerous as wearing your seatbelt. Uh, I'm a little unclear. The seat the seatbelt in law in New Mexico was by a governor's order, or was it a state statute? I wonder. To the problem and crisis that we are attending to today. Thank you, Governor. Next, we'll go to Algernon Damasa with the Las Cruces Sun News. Algernon, you should be unmuted. Yes, go right ahead. Thank you, Governor and Dr. Scrace. Um, I'd like to talk about uh, contingency planning for hospital strain. Uh, here in Doña Ana County, we're part of a sort of nine county region and um, the numbers as of today indicate that ICU capacity is about, well, it looks uh, roughly half um, while there's still uh, so, so according to the uh, according to the information uh, I just got from somebody this is the reason why the DPS chief was was uh, removed Larry I'm, I'm eager yeah the, the DPS chief was removed because he did not believe in enforcement of the mask of the population really? so that's, can, yeah. we get, can we get him on the air uh, like chief guy <laughs> that's directly from the officer he would not he would not tell the Department of Public Safety to do mask enforcement as part of what they need to do. That's just coming up. Contingency planning is taking place in the event that this um, increase continues to uh, strain and perhaps even overwhelm our hospital system. Thanks. Uh, This is a very important uh, question, and there is not an easy, ready answer. When we were seeing... Uh, the uncontrollable spread and really dangerous set of circumstances unfold before us, right, in Texas and in New York and in California and Washington State as examples. Uh, Other states weren't in that same situation. So uh, neighboring states, we were supporting each other and we actually would talk about who's in the hospital here from Arizona, how many New Mexicans are in a hospital um, uh, in Colorado, how do you count those for hospitalizations, et cetera. We always have agreements that, and it's required uh, for the country, that right hospitals can't deny access to the hospital for anyone whether even you are even from uh, you're a traveler or a citizen, doesn't matter. If you need hospital care, you're required to get it wherever you are. But if there are no beds, that creates real issues. And so we've always had this understanding that particularly border states, Colorado, that uh, we, would, we would work together. But, uh, and while Colorado, good for them, their positivity rate is lower than ours. Uh, they're having issues of their own. So this becomes even more challenging. So right now, we've not needed a very specific interagency or interstate, I'm sorry, agreement about what we would do in overflow. Each state has created field hospital capacities as the number one measure to mitigate what happens for overflow. And we did the same, as you know, with Loveless and a couple other. Okay, so Loveless not being, thank you for saying that, you stupid idiot. Uh, Loveless currently not being used. The Gallup Hospital, the field hospital not being used. 
Uh, uh, in fact, uh, University of New Mexico Hospital not at capacity. And uh, currently today we're at uh, roughly 152, yep. and our highest peak ever was 200 223. And 223. So there you go. There's your governor out and out lying to you and uh, creating the drama so that she can keep control over you. There is no possibility, zero possibility of overrunning the uh, state hospital resources. Loveless vacant, Gallup Field Hospital done. I think the, the hospital is down south, not at capacity. A week ago there were two vents. Um, and there's overflow from the adult hospital into the University of New Mexico Pediatric Hospital. That's the only thing that's happening right now. Early spots that we identified early in the pandemic in the Northwest region are irrespective of their political affiliation uh, anywhere in the country. Uh, they want to step up. That's just how we are. And we should behave that way. Uh, but it's going to get increasingly challenging for us to do so. And again, uh, then you got to figure out travel ambulance, uh, 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 air ambulance, it, it becomes very complicated. So right now, we aren't quite there. Same rules would apply if you're in El Paso, as an example, and you live in Las Cruces. Uh, New Mexico United uh, going to El Paso this weekend. Remember, no travel to El Paso. She didn't have any problem with transportation from Arizona and Texas here to the University of New Mexico Hospital through the air transport Six different uh, helicopters used. And their hospital was full and you needed an immediate attention, and particularly if it was COVID, you'd go to their field hospital, potentially, or you'd come to Las Cruces. They would make the most uh, accurate, effective healthcare decision about your health and safety right there and make that decision. They wouldn't deny you, and that's exactly what we would do here. So let's hope the rest of the country is doing what we're doing and trying to get this under control. Oh, uh, our rapid. current ranking. Let's hope the rest of the country is doing what we're doing. Uh, Larry, what was our ranking? I think we are currently ranked 24th most for COVID deaths per 100,000 in the country. And I think in terms of uh, being a number of infections over the last two weeks, we are dead last alongside Michigan. Yeah, we're fashion. among the worst. Um, but we don't have a specific agreement more than the regular meeting criteria website. If you click on ICU capacity, we do have three categories of ICU beds baseline, which we're really getting very, very close to now. Then there's contingency. We can uh, baseline uh, ICU beds or beds that are normally able to be staffed in an operation. There's 290 of those in our hospitals, and they represent well over 90% of the total ICU beds in the state. They can expand that by, I think, 149 to get to 439 contingency beds. And they are now pulling out those plans that they wrote up uh, at the beginning of the pandemic. Is there a reason why uh, the hospital Loveless is not being used, uh, the one that they paid $7 million for? And looking them over and refining them and beginning to do the work to do that. And then there's a crisis level, 623 ICU beds, where they expand by a, a 184. But once we go over baseline, then we, go, then we have to start discontinuing regular hospital services for different groups like pediatric ICU, for example, that converted into a regular ICU or shut down. What did I just say? Converting pediatric ICU into adult beds? Operating room suite to convert it into an ICU. And so the governor's point about the fact that uh, this is not just for COVID patients, this is about hospital capacity for every New Mexican becomes more and more uh, of a, a pain point for all of us as cases grow. And we always talk about folks, and uh, Dr. Grace reminds me about this. Uh, we, we, and, you know, we, 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 we wishing that we won't have a single serious accident in the state of New Mexico isn't going to make that true, that we're not going to have one. We will. 
uh, and wishing that our folks who are getting cancer treatment today aren't going to need hospital care isn't going to make it true. And hoping that we don't get influenza and pneumonia that require right hospitalization and wanting that to not to just go away entirely isn't going to make that happen either. There are a lot of mamas who are depending on us so that they can safely deliver their babies us? in a hospital room that isn't converted, isn't in the hall. I mean, all the things that are that we have to do. And so when we think about COVID, I need us to think broader, right, than we have been. Uh, because we have an obligation to those families. These services are supposed to be available for them too. In this pandemic, we have to work harder to protect those families in the same way we're all working hard to protect people from getting COVID, both. And there's plenty of those families who are, I'm sure, worried about whether or not in two or three months, if that's where they are, are they gonna be able to deliver at the hospital of their choice um, their baby? And I have no way to answer that today. If the numbers stay where they are, I can say highly unlikely in the environment that you were expecting. And if we crush it, highly likely. Uh, this is more fear porn. Um, of all and the people hospitalized in now. New Mexico uh, for COVID, question. only 14.5% are 34 and under. So to the extent that the, we'll we're having more Jeffrey cases among younger people, that's the, the cohort that's less likely to be hospitalized. And Jeffrey, if you want to go ahead and accept that. There you go. Jeffrey, go right ahead. Uh, thank you, Nora. Governor, I have a question about public meetings. Uh, can you clarify how the public health order impacts meetings that are subject to the Open Meetings Act? Uh, for example, are all public meetings required to include a remote participation component? Does the five-person limit apply to public meetings? And also, would you comment on the uh, threats that were levied against elected officials and uh, the intimidation of voters last night by a group who hacked into an online meeting of the Grant County Democratic Party? Uh, I'd love to. I, I know very little about that. until. Interesting that this guy's name is Jeffrey Plant. This is a planted question. I mean, from Silver City, you know that I'm right, Larry. This is a planted question, and she uh, prefaced it by saying, I know just a little bit. I don't know hardly anything about that. This is a planted question from Jeffrey Plant of Silver City. Oh, right now, uh, and so I'm horrified. Um, I've seen it uh, occur the Republicans. in an open meeting, same way we did in the special session. Right? Packing into the uh, Democrat meeting. Way in which for people to participate. So for the things that I participate in more routinely, because I'm the chair of the president of the organization by statute, Board of Finance, the State Investment Council, you know, we're doing all those meetings virtually and we allow and give people links so that they can participate in those open meetings. Uh, we will continue Unless they're to one of her advisory councils. Those are composed before to the public. And now the five person limit because we're working really hard um, to do that. So we're going to keep pushing organizations that are required to, to I have I want to make sure that the New Mexico United is not playing in El Paso this weekend, Dowd. I don't want them playing. Mm-hmm. Public participation which we don't think should be set aside, and we believe there are COVID-safe ways to do that. There have been some legislative meetings where they've worked on those small groups, 10 and under, and now five and under in person, so they've worked to accommodate that. And I would expect that the same needs to be true for city councilors and county commissioners, that they find ways to meet their regular meeting requirements 
and that you would vacillate who can be in person and who can't. One room, one group, one group, another room, another group, so that you can keep to that five. There are ways to meet those requirements without Is that a being secret cell phone? unsafe. Um, and that's what we're expecting to have happen. That's a cell phone. And if there's a that's a cell phone ring from like we would have to 2009 to take that nine or 2008, right? Um, it's the Biden campaign. Got to wrap it up. The other, we think we can manage both under the public health order. Uh, and what I'm going to say about the uh, the uh, uh, the uh, political issue that you just raised. Oh, uh, look, tensions are at an all-time high. Oh, uh, not, I, no I am speechless about what I'm seeing across this country. Shut up, From bitch. what happened to Governor Whitmer to the incredible Fake threats news. that have been levied against me and my family. Fake news. The threats against Nobody has threatened you. And doctors. You have uh, threatened all of us. Constituents and the Mexicans. You are lying. Gretchen Whitmer had two liberals at her place. You are lying. In uh, Las Cruces, an allegation today. Lying. Um, uh, Stop playing the victim. About uh, you are not the victim. You are not the victim. Stop projecting. Uh, this is all untenable. No, it you're untenable. We can't take this crap anymore. In many circumstances, is unlawful. My God, and we have to hold people accountable. You is who you we need American, to hold you accountable. Uh, democracy and diplomacy. And yeah, you've got no democracy, no diplomacy, plastic projection as you wrap up your you conference. To write about it, to ask people to come to their senses. You know, we always have disagreed about policy. That's, that is productive. Not policy. This we is dictatorial rulership of this state. Not just with, uh, you know, Republicans, but plenty of Democrats in my career. They should never devolve into hateful, unkind, threatening, all actionable, the threatening part, um, actions, ever. They can be done in respectful ways so that we find ways to solve problems. Um, I'm horrified by this, um, and I'm going to look into it immediately and make sure that the right authorities are engaged to uh, make sure that we're holding to the degree that we know who they are and can, those who did that, accountable. Uh, we are better than this. My God. As a state. We just are. New Mexico, if you're, if you're allowing this to happen, that, if you have um, not gone to impeach MLG to and signed and sent that, you are part of the problem. We have uh, uh, less than 20, I think today's 19 days until the election. Oh, yeah. There are a lot of tensions out there. People are driving us. There are wild conspiracy theories. I know most of you I are know Eddie there, Aragon. But, you know, people are saying that we're going to shut down voting. No, of course we're not. Now, don't believe any of that nonsense. It's nonsense. It's intended to get people to be angry. No, it's intended to prevent you from shutting it down because it's written down. Uh, that typically you would not go and to promote and open the door, to give permission to. Hateful, threatening behavior. Untenable, actionable We will We will do everything we can to hold you accountable. And we can... Bring it. Lead by example, where you can remind people that this is respectful, back the candidate of your choice, do it in a COVID-safe way, make sure that you get your ballot in, mail it in, drop it off at a ballot box, vote for them, him or her, either party, but do not engage in this behavior. It's despicable and disgusting.
And Thank in you. many circumstances, it is flat out unlawful and it's dangerous. Well, if it's unlawful, if prosecute us. In this country, go ahead. We'll lose their lives over this kind of activity. Yeah. And God forbid we would see that play out in our state. Uh huh. So let's end on a more positive note. We yeah. are better than this. Well, you're the one we that's running your uh, monologue here. Diverse, incredible state of people who love this. Why don't you recognize it? Recognize the businesses. Recognize the people who have built this country. Recognize the people who built the state and this city. Nobody cares about your Zia. You are not proud of us. You scold us. You demean us. You reduce us to nothing. What's going on? COVID. I'm not not proud of New Mexico. Well, look at us. Stop. Yeah, you sound so proud. Let's not allow ourselves to be angry or hateful. Let's lift ourselves up. I ask you to take me up on this challenge. Gaslighting. New Mexico. Classic projection. Tomorrow if you can. Telecommute to work. Please stay home this weekend if you don't work this weekend. Let's give ourselves a little three or four day break. There you go. We haven't had a, a seven month break. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. Four forty-six Thursday afternoon. I'm Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM sixteen hundred KIVA ninety-three point seven FM. The web, the app, RockofTalk.com. Five fifty fifty-five hundred. Former communications director for Susanna Martinez is here. Larry Barons. He's provided the commentary uh, for those of you who would uh, think that he is uh, a creeping or uh, you know someone who's just uh, making snide remarks. This is someone who handled a uh, very successful governor Susanna Martinez and uh, leading our. State the right way. We also have D. Dowd Musk, a libertarian policy analyst and uh, somebody who did not support the uh, president in 2016, but has seen the light and is, uh, is not political, doesn't like the man, but likes the policies, likes the direction in which the state has gone. And uh, you, our listeners out there, thank you so much for taking the opportunity to download our app at rockoftalk.com. Point any of your mobile browsers uh, to this stuff. If you are standing for this any longer, you are an absolute fool. We told you this was coming. We knew that this things would things would start to shut down. Prohibiting gatherings of large of anything larger than five people is a direct run at your president. New Mexico is the heart of corruption here in this country, as well as the state of New Mexico being up in Santa Fe. Well, Dowd can talk about it ad nauseum for two hours with regard to Jeffrey Epstein, Bill Richardson, uh, Richard Branson, and uh, Gary King. Uh, the former Attorney General, Bruce King, uh, his father, we can go all day long. That slush fund that's coming for the Democrat Party, where do you think it comes from? It comes from the third largest sovereign fund in the entire United States, which is right here in the state of New Mexico. Most people, probably Larry doesn't even uh, know that. But this is the information that we have come clean with, and we know what they're trying to protect here. How is it that Udall, Michelle Lujan Grisham, all of these idiot Democrats here from the state of New Mexico get considered? Oh, Hunter Biden. Why don't we talk about his connection to a company called BGK and a guy by the name of Eddie Gilbert? What about Devin Archer and his involvement with a company called BGK? How about Chris Hines, the son of John Kerry, stepson of John Kerry, and also the son of Teresa Heinzkerry, running the largest commercial real estate firm here in the state of New Mexico. You heard the stuff that we played just two days ago. Two days ago, in which we were letting you know 
Bill Richardson's direct involvement, as you heard from Parrott, a CIA operative who's now come clean just two days ago, letting you know Bill Richardson's involvement with Barack Obama, Joe Biden, yes, and Hillary Clinton, and killing a double of Osama bin Laden. Folks, this isn't sort of some sort of conspiracy radio. This is, uh, these aren't conspiracy theories that we're floating. This isn't some sort of interesting information that we're putting out there for you to chew on and think that, well, this might be the possibility. This is the reality of what's happening. And you just sat there and listened for the last hour and 47 minutes to a governor who's hell-bent on covering up, running this country, uh, running this state, and with the hopes of hopefully running a piece of this country and getting rid of all of the evidence that would point to the deep state and draining the swamp. Your president working his ass off right now. We're going to carry that town hall from 6 to 8 with Joe Biden, from 8 to 10 with uh, Donald Trump. I'll take your calls from 10 to 11. We'll have uh, Mike Geyer here uh, about 5 o'clock so we can run that uh, information so that you guys can see what's, what, what's happening. But, uh, Larry, I'm going to let you take the uh, first stab at it first in terms of what you heard. And I know that you were copiously taking notes, feverishly taking notes, uh, on the information that was coming out. I'll well, be careful saying fever. I don't want to get uh, you know folks showing up here. That's and, right. Assuming I'm in, endangering test. everyone. Get thee away from me, Satan. But the, <laughs> the, the thing that she ended with... I mean, I, I guess it's not, you know, part of the public health orders killing a straw man in New Mexico is still okay because that's exactly what they did. She got this question out of Silver City, and she went on to say that violence and evil is wrong. Planted. Everyone told planted, and all of a sudden, and, and, and full disclosure, didn't hear the whole press conference, but what, what about the destruction and the assault on peace officers that happened in Santa Fe? Nothing. Nothing. What about the obelisk? Why? Nothing. Why? What because about one is politically Nothing. convenient and the other is not. And that is what is infuriating New Mexicans all around here. When she sees the science, she ignores the science that she doesn't like. She only goes with the politically convenient science. She only goes with the politically convenient fact. And you know what? New Mexicans are smart. They can look outside their window and say, everyone's wearing a mask. How are the numbers still going up? Everyone I know is paying attention to things. How are the numbers going up? And, and so she'll come up with this anecdotal, well, I know this one person whose second cousin's grandmother's best friend <laughs> is doing everything they can, but their neighbor's not, and they're upset. And then on the other flip side, she'll say, oh, yeah, well, we're seven months into this, and we can't tell if that neighbor violating um, the public health orders actually had any impact on COVID at all. She doesn't know where New Mexicans are getting COVID. She says every state of New Mexico employee has been, you know, repurposed to fight this pandemic. So that's 20,000 employees, not counting the teachers. How do we not know where these people are contracting COVID and if they are contracting it in such a way that the public health orders are making a difference? Seven months, two days in, and this woman has ruined the entire state and she is ready to double down yet again doubt i know that you were also uh, taking notes she started out with women who are going to give birth oh, yeah. and then uh you know all of this she doesn't talk one time about these businesses that have been killed off i mean there's so many businesses another three in the paper scarpas up on uh, montgomery you saw that uh, article that we put out another woman running her small business uh, in terms of what, what she's doing, like she does not mourn businesses. She, we're trying to save lives, yet we have killed so many businesses here in the state of Mexico, far more than the 922 deaths that we've had here in the state. Uh, folks, I caught almost all of this, and of, of, of all of her nonsense, this is the quote that jumps off my computer screen at me. Quote, 
we're in it for another nine months, if not longer. I'm going to say it again, ladies and gentlemen. We're in it for another nine months, if not longer. Uh, if you're happy with the way things have been the last six or seven months in New Mexico, get ready for another nine months or longer. And, Eddie, I think I was skeptical when you talked about Jeffrey Plant's planted question at the end, but I think you're absolutely... The more I think about it, the more I look at it, the more I think you're right. This notion that they, that they want to link any, anyone who doubts her into some sort of political violence, irresponsible people, you know, irresponsible language on online or on the radio. You know, that question that Jeffrey Plant from the Silver City paper could have, uh, could have, been, could have gone a little bit like this. Hey, Governor, today, this afternoon, uh, Lauren Palermo, 25 of Los Alamos, she's going to be uh, before Judge uh, Elizabeth Allen on two counts of battery in connection with the Black Lives Matter uh, rally uh, in Los Alamos in August. Uh, here's, the, here, here's the police report. Uh, Lauren came over to these uh, pro-Trump people and called them racist. She allegedly asked what, why they were voting a certain way, and the man there stated he told her he would not speak to her for calling him a racist. She then grabbed his hat off his head and threw it in the roadway. He, the man said she saw, he saw his mother's head flick backward as if she'd been punched, uh, so he tried to uh, grab this woman who was assaulting them, and she kicked him in a sensitive part of the air, uh, anatomy for men and uh, scratched him. You want to talk about political violence, sweetheart? Why don't you think about some of it happening on your side? Because I think that's where most of it is happening lately. And back to Larry's point, as he started out with this. Yeah, this is projection. Change the dialogue. They don't have a single thing in the mainstream media that is keeping their attention. Did nobody ask about the obelisk? Did nobody ask about Onyata? Did nobody ask about Zilch. you know uh, law enforcement? We now know, as I uh, receive not just one but two texts, that told me that the reason why the uh, a state uh, police public safety officer resigned and turned it over to the New Mexico State Police is because he would not comply with mask enforcement. So what they do? Get rid of him. What about the budget secretary? What about the uh, Office of African American Affairs? What about the epidemiologist? Every single person. What about the, the, the PED, the former PED at the very beginning? Does everybody who doesn't comply with what she wants, what this dictator wants, have to go ahead and lose their jobs? Yes. The answer is unequivocally yes. So trying to change this direction when we should have been talking about the obelisk, which has happened probably less than three miles from where she's at in the state capitol, actually less than a mile from where she's at the state capitol, and less than five miles from where she's at in the governor's mansion, uh, Larry. She's trying to change the entire uh, 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 public conversation about what's happening for the election. There's nothing else that could be possible uh, here. And when New Mexicans feel, as they more and more do, that they are being ruled politically instead of with the best interest of everyone and the state in mind, they are going to start to push back. And I think that's why today, I mean, let's be honest, that question that they started out with was a question that points to the problem she has right now. Right now, as we sit here today, the worst numbers for COVID that New Mexico has seen since the pandemic began, what would that call for if Michelle Lujan Grisham was acting like Michelle Lujan Grisham has for the past six or seven months? It would call for heavier restrictions. Now, she has put down, you know, large group is now five instead of ten, okay, and the ten o'clock, okay, more nonsensical stuff, that's fine, without any evidence to, to show that those make a difference. But the fact of the matter is, she knows that under her previous restrictions, we are getting more infections. And she is understanding that her restrictions aren't going to work. And so to double down on them today, I think that's the biggest question. Why haven't you doubled down on them today? She pivoted to say, oh, my faith in New Mexicans is great. Well, where was that when we, when we were shutting down? What You know, my older kids haven't seen a school inside a classroom since March 12th. What, what, it, it, and, and my family is not the only one. How many of folks are out of work? 
How many folks are look around your town, look at the business institutions in your town, the multi-generational, been there forever, have sponsored the Little League team, have sponsored the high school shut band. Shut down, shut down, shut down. That's all saying, we have. The they're front, no longer there. Yeah, the front page. Let me just kind of give you, since we're not going to be able to do our entire uh, show today, um, you know, we've got the next six hours uh, of conversation going all the way until 11 o'clock today. And, uh, it, it, folks, it, the business and economy pages, U.S. jobless claims rose. Why? Well, it's all those large populated uh, big cities, uh, particularly California, Illinois, uh, Washington State, New York State. Those are the places uh, Scarpa shuttered. You have the family-owned go-kart business uh, shuttered after 14 years in business. One of my favorite places to go. Uh, Dowd, you've seen me yes. on the go-karts. You've beaten me uh, soundly at go-kart yeah, racing. The, the, the small <laughs> business owners are optimistic everywhere else, not here in the state of New Mexico. The judge won't force New Mexico to send kids back to school. That's coming from D uh, District Judge James Browning. And then you, you've got a story after story after story, folks. It doesn't look good here for the state of New Mexico. And you mean to tell me you're going to stand for this uh, because we're reporting a record number of, of virus cases? Do you know anybody who's actually had the virus? And when they got the virus, did they die? Were they already, is it, was it worse than the flu at, the, at this point? Do you know anything? What's the governor's chief of staff currently doing? Mr. <laughs> Bingaman. Yeah. Uh, he should lose that last name, by the way. He's he decided to go ahead and Biden. work on the Biden transition team. The city of Santa Fe moving forward on a cultural commission after the obelisk uh, destruction. That's all they're doing. That's something that should have already been done. 550, 50, 500. One quick call. I'll read the, uh, looks like about 80 or 90 text messages. Caller, you're in the Kiva. Go ahead. Hey, Eddie, this is just sad. Sad, sad, sad. Um, you know what? What burned me up the most is when she was talking about closures and the hospitals, and, and she said, shame on us. No, shame on you. Do you know what I do? I get up every morning and go to work to feed my family. That's what I do. That's what men do. Uh, and on the other half of that is, I'm a I'm a uh, veteran with disabilities that lives in New Mexico, and you know what I do every year? You know what I did this afternoon? I pay taxes. I pay taxes. I get I get at the end of the year, I don't get money back from New Mexico. I pay taxes, and I'm proud of that. And you know what? I'm going to get up every day and go to work and feed my family, and I'm going to live my life to the fullest. And no shame on me. No, no shame on New Mexicans. Get up, go to work. That's what we do. Don't stop doing that and live your life to the fullest. Your God-given right. I'm going to pray for, for the governor. That's what I'm going to do. I'm not going to get mad at her. I'm going to pray for her. And you know what? I'm not going to stop going to work. I'm going to make a living one way or another to feed my family. Thank you, Eddie. All right. Good call. 550-5500. This just coming out of from the University of New Mexico. Uh, all the practices uh, have been canceled. We're waiting for the rest of the season uh, to be canceled uh, as well. That has to do directly with your governor. Uh, there you go. Uh, Michael texts in, Mussolini, Wuhan, Grusam, Grusham. Also, please, anyone who needs me to get their signatures, I will see them in person. Impeach MLG, impeach MLG now. MLG will be hired by uh, Mark Zuckerberg, the Ministry of Truth. Yes. He decides uh, ultimately what uh, truth is. Uh, wild show today. Not really. Uh, I think it's uh, we're dealing with, the, we've got two of the most intelligent people. Uh, I would dare say you guys are two of the most intelligent people I know. Dowd Muska and uh, Larry Barron. Uh, and, 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 yeah. That's going and, to my Twitter profile right now. In that, in, in that vein, <laughs> ladies and Eddie gentlemen. Aragon, the most intelligent guy. Uh, when, we're, when, when you're thinking about trying to understand this woman, I would encourage you to Google what's called the Dunning-Kruger effect. D-U-N-N-I-N-G-K-R-U-G-R. -N 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 -G -G it's a cognitive bias in which people with low ability at a task overestimate their ability. 
It is related to the cognitive, cognitive bias of illusory superiority and comes from the inability of people to recognize their lack of ability. Without the self-awareness of metacognition, people cannot objectively evaluate their competence or incompetence. I think that describes our governor perfectly. And this is exactly why you should listen to the Kiva so we can give you direction on which way to go. Uh, Eddie, what about our churches that are shut down? Are they ever going to open? I'm Catholic. I can't even go. We need to get rid of MLG. We need to vote red and vote Trump. Laura, uh, thanks, Laura. You need to impeach MLG. Forget the voting red. You need to get rid of her. That's the most important thing. And impeach MLG. Uh, Many more donations to Santa Fe organizations. What's wrong with Eddie Gilbert? Named Philanthropist of the Year 2011, Christus St. Vincent de Paul Hospital Foundation. Uh, fire away within one minute, uh, Mr. D. Dowd Muska. Uh, let's see. Uh, was charged with uh, 15 federal fraud charges in the 1960s, making a false SEC report, misappropriating $2 million. Uh, in 1980, he didn't learn his lesson, went to prison, came back. Oh, he fled to Brazil, by the way, for that first count. Uh, August of 1980, uh, he was indicted again. Manhattan federal court accused of conspiracy in 1975 to ma- manipulate the stock of the Conrad Corporation. Came to Santa Fe, became a major funder of all of the left-wing, let's face it, Democrats who have put Including us in the pickle who? we're in. Uh, I think Michelle Lujan Grisham was a recipient. Including who? Uh, I believe Mr. Uh, Governor Richardson was yeah, a recipient. And yes. uh, who was he pardoned by for all his federal offenses before... Uh, he died after being married for time, his last wife, uh, being Peaches. He was pardoned by Bill Richardson, whose spokesman said he didn't know whether uh, Mr. Gilbert's civil rights were restored under state law. Asked whether that includes the right to vote. His spokesman said he didn't know. So it was basically just some wonderful PR uh, for the governor. Biggest donor to Bill Richardson. Also friends of uh, Jeffrey, F-E-J, if you will. Friends of Jeffrey Epstein. Uh, Eddie, how could she talk about people needing to be able to get medical attention when she ordered hospitals to refuse anyone who didn't have the virus? Total hypocrite. I recall that, too. Thank you for that. Uh, I know one person diagnosed with COVID. She tested negative, but was still told she had COVID. Is there anyone else with negative tests, but they are told that they're infected? Yes, every single person who signed up to take a test, did not take a test, was told that they were infected. Saw the lady from the go-kart place at our distillery yesterday. She told me they were shutting down. Her sadness was heartbreaking. That's uh, from Roger. Roger, thanks for sending that in. Uh, thanks for carrying the banner here in New Mexico, Eddie. Uh, Jason uh, sends in an article. I have no idea what it is. Spell it out for me. Um, let's see. I'm going one after another. Um, Eddie, dude, Eddie, that chick is talking clear out her chili rings. <laughs> I've never heard of that, that chili rings. Um, also, go see uh, Friday Monte Carlo rib special. Uh, but there you go. Appreciate that. Sounds good. Uh, sorry, uh, sorry, accidentally added someone else on this. Okay. Oh, someone's sharing my information. Uh, Eddie, thank you for reminding me about your app. I forgot. Robin Hood, the conservative. Everyone, uh, black to the grocery. Back to the grocery stores. Miss the party hardy this week. I'm not sure what that is. Uh, Wayne says someone find. Okay, we can't read that. I appreciate that. But Wayne. we get the sentiment. <laughs> yeah, Wayne, we always, we feel you, dog. Uh, Eddie, excellent commentary on the governor press conference with you guys. Everything you said was spot on. I agree with everything that uh, you said. I appreciate that. Uh, bet the governor is working towards. Um, oh, we can't open the polling places to go vote. Uh, she she adamantly went after that rumor. Yep. She adamantly went after, and we put that position out because she has until I believe the 19th uh, to close them. Is that correct? 16 days ahead of November 3rd. That's the rumor I haven't been able to confirm. Yeah, so there you go. But uh, did you hear what she said about that, though? She said you are required to have a mask to vote. Yes. yes. 
Which might run up against federal voting rights. Laws. Yeah, yeah I, I I, that's new to me. Yeah, yeah, and and so I I mean I'll I'll disclose it. Went to vote early this last week. The and and let me tell you something. This this uh, poll worker did it exactly right. He said, you know what? We're asking you if you wouldn't mind if we took your temperature, but you don't have to do it in order to vote. It's that simple. Right, right. Give people human being. the chance. Yeah. Give people the option. But no, it comes with enforcement. It comes with shaming. It comes with uh, if you don't do the thing exactly as I want you to do it, you want people to die. And it is not how people react to leadership. Leadership is pointing them in the right direction, showing them the way to go. It is not forcing them in the right direction. It's inspiring them. That's uh, leadership. Uh, Eddie, taxing for no masking. They deny family members. We have excess beds in New Mexico. Get a flu shot or for a grocery discount. Flatten the curve. Uh, Members hospital (laughs) laid off nurses today. How much of the $39,000 per person did they get? Mm -hmm. Acoma Pueblo has a three-story hospital for Laguna. Um, Let's see. Up your vitamins, A, B, C, D, and the 5,000 IUs of D uh, daily. Um, where do we get the stats on all the deaths in New Mexico, Dow? Do you get them from the COVID uh, site? Yeah, there's a uh, dashboard. Just Google go. COVID New Mexico dashboard. Uh, Eddie, don't blow a gasket there. Recall her with the Republicans voted into office. Well, the Republican Party has been noticeably absent uh, in the response uh, to the governor. Uh, letting press releases just happen isn't going to be enough. Uh, and you've got to get everybody because there's no better tool in the toolbox, so to speak, than uh, using Donald Trump. He's the one guy, by literally saying her name, if Donald Trump said her name, that would swing votes anywhere from 3 to 5%. Oh, we need a tweet from the president. Yeah, <laughs> one to two tweets uh, from the president, and that would be enough to turn it around uh, because there's, he has that type of pull. Uh, Rock you uh, and Kiva are in fuego today. Outstanding. Yes, more President Trump stuff. The more you guys tr- tweet about Trump, the better it is uh, for me and for you. Uh, Eddie, thank you for uh, being you. Little Napoleon, with all her blood on her hands, she needs to go throw water on her and watch her melt. Okay, uh, David says, this is obviously nothing but the last-ditch pre-election political sabotage. That uh, is the David, by the way. John says, uh, preach it, brother. This is play-by-play you're giving to the governor is awesome. I can just see it now. You're sitting in front of a large movie screen, silhouetted just like Mystery Science Theater 3000. That is uh, pretty good. Uh, Judy uh, says, hi, I'm listening to Lunatic Lujan and her latest restrictions. It's obvious that she's afraid of President Trump because he's showing people that they can live through COVID and not live in fear. She's afraid that you and the Kiva, because you guys speak truth to power, and you expose her for the evil, foolish, pathetic, and cruel beast that she is, and she can't stand it. And she knows that New Mexicans don't respect her, don't trust her, and we all know that she's lying. Keep doing what you're doing. She's showing that it's absolutely affecting her. And, of course, we all know that none of what she said applies to Antifa, BLM, or any other liberal leftist protesters that wish to destroy our cities uh, uh, and our culture. That's absolutely correct. Um, Eddie, she's trying to get under your skin. Actually, you got under her skin. Wow. Holy moly. She, like the the governor like is paying attention. You're winning. Yeah. She listened. Uh, talk low uh, to get your point across. Uh, she did the Willie Nelson thing last night. Um, why empty buildings? No need to put scare tactics to stop health care. Different isolated buildings for COVID-19. Yeah, a lot of the, the, the talking about resources today. Yeah, we only have 152 uh, hospitalizations. Our height was 223. Um, we were importing them in left and right up until about a week ago. Uh, Eddie Turner off. She's lying. I can't stand it. I'm melting. Did anyone look back <clears> what she said in April about how many ICU beds we'd need? Oh, you, yeah. I remember. You, I think you said 2,100 or something. 2,100 right. ICU beds right. we would need. Right. <laughs> she said we would need those to deal with this. Yeah. And I, I don't think we've reached that point. And the million yet. spent on the field hospital that was never used. Yeah. There was seven million on the uh, Loveless Hospital that was uh, paid. And Nick Capison of Nick and Jimmy's. Nick isn't hurting uh, by any stretch of the imagination. 
No, the good Democrat, uh, Nick Capison and, uh, and, and Jimmy, they're, they aren't hurting over there. Mm. They say they're against the governor, but, you know, and I just got a, a, a text from Marcus, who owns uh, Hello Deli over there. And, and he is giving me crap about you guys, saying that you guys are, what do you call it when you're creeping people on, online? Are you trolling? Yeah, trolling. Oh. He called you guys trolls. trolls. That's okay. Yeah, so uh, I won't be visiting that place again. Mine uh, either. My mom called me worse today. It's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Your mom loves you. Uh, Anisha doesn't own business dying. She's the worst thing in the history of the state. Max, masks make us sick. I'll do whatever I damn well please, Eddie. Piss on her. She's the reason she kills business. The brain fog article came from the New York Times. I didn't read that. Larry? Oh, I didn't catch oh, up on brain fog. They, uh, Dr. Disgrace was talking about brain the fog. The brain fog. I didn't realize that's a thing. How... You came into my office today. You have brain fog. This is going to be a joke that no one gets, but did you ever see that old movie, Joe vs. Volcano, with I Tom did, Hanks? yeah, yeah. <laughs> Remember when they fake him out, thinking that he's going to die because of a brain cloud? Right. That was the first thing that popped in my head. I'm sh- <laughs> and, and I'm sorry if it's a real thing and everything, but I, he said brain fog. I'm like, wow, there's a lot of weather systems going you on. You don't even know it's a real thing. That's how real it is. Yep. Do you see that? The stupid potbelly pig just doesn't shut up. That is funny. You know, if you notice a lot of uh, pictures of her, her stomach sticks out beyond her breast. Mm-hmm. So uh, not, uh, not exactly uh, uh, there. You no, know, folks, will say anything don't worry about it so 25 hours and the pandemic now works uh the presser is a preview of hell if we end up there well, you are in hell folks she just wants to be restricting republicans only she is unleashing the flying monkeys to side us all why is she worried about pregnancy <laughs> she does keep talking about her fiance that is kind of hilarious i mean you know it can happen wishful thinking so respectful the same person that uh goes all after all of our sheriffs the only threat is her the only positive so New Mexico is her leaving office, preferably in cuffs. Well, uh, Larry, I noticed you didn't comment there. I, I want to say that your wife is quite happy about that. Good God, her ignorance is so obvious when she speaks. Also, let the, let's slip the fact that she is learning from experts how to manipulate the humans. She threw out that stat or the, the, the way that she referenced people, and she said, oh, the humans. Yeah. Yeah, you're too stupid. We have to tell you over and over again, humans. Yeah. Yeah. I think our relation is due to the fact that Twitter and Facebook starting line that began the overt coup yesterday. Yeah, no uh, conversation whatsoever on Hunter Biden. MLG feels the deep state has given her political immunity. Huh. The fault doesn't lie with New Mexico citizens. It is her failed COVID-19 strategy of delaying the inevitable. We are moving back to the dark ages, Eddie. Serfdom and alchemy. Uh, are the citations revenue enhancing for cities or states? <laughs> Uh, if you don't have a printer for the impeach MLG, you can come to the radio station. I may we'll, not pop out to reach we'll you. We'll print one out for you. <laughs> yeah, but they're all printed out in front of the station. Hi, Eddie. How about a, a big F you to the governor? There you go. Andy says, been sharing impeach MLG everywhere today based upon the conference. I appreciate that. Eddie, New Mexico just become number one finally. We have the poorest quality governor of any other state. For reals, dog. Agreed. Um, sorry, Eddie. LOL. Okay, got that. Um, we're month, we're eight months in, Larry. Why doesn't she have a contingency plan yet? I know that's that's exactly it. And you know, what? here's another question I just thought of too. We've talked. I mean, Governor Cuomo, New York, has been uh, uh, rightly under the gauntlet for the deaths in nursing homes. What percentage in New Mexico are in nursing homes? How has there been talking about? It? She talked about the homeless shelter today. She talked about uh, corrections today. And when it points out that there are people under state care that are getting this illness, she just says, well, there's just no perfect way to, to do it. You know, we can't be perfect in it. So when it's the rest of us, perfection is the yep. expectation. When it's yep. her, it's like, oh, shucks, we just couldn't really do it. There are folks under state care that are getting infected, so by her own standards, it is failure. 
Uh, Eddie, can we talk about the fact that she is a Satanist? Plenty of signs if you look at her Twitter. Only Satanists and atheists give her positive feedback. Uh, hey, Michelle, this atheist has never given her positive feedback. <laughs> uh, Michelle Cavrona Grisham. I dumped that. Dump and don't forget, ladies and gentlemen, if you're frustrated, oh, I'm sorry, if you're not frustrated by all of this COVID lockdown, that means you're probably out too much. Yeah, that, that's another of my much. favorite quotes. That's right. yeah. yeah, Matt says the show is wild today. Love it. Amazing how the virus doesn't exist in casinos. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. Or Walmart. <laughs> well, yeah, I got a Walmart text earlier. Uh, our, Eddie, when will the people finally wake up? It's been proven and people are waking up to the truth. Herd immunity is the only way. We have been wearing masks for months. Now in our state, everywhere we go, we have to wear them. And cases keep rising. The masks aren't doing jack, you know what, against this virus. People need to open their souls or open their eyes, these poor brainwashed souls. Uh, no more masks for me. I've never bought a mask. Just use a bandana to enter a business, then pull it down, entering. Uh, Penny Texan, how can the governor be worried about months giving birth when she supports abortions? I'll stop there. Long... Long pause. I just voted. I just finished voting. You do not have to have a mask. Uh, Trump Twitter. No, the governor yeah. said it. Trump it's Twitter true. shut down. Can you check to see if the Trump Twitter shut down? Oh, yeah. I had heard that his campaign uh, Twitter. Yeah, not, Kylie McEnany. Kylie McEnany. And also, down. like, the Trump team Twitter account was shut down as well. Um, I don't know, I, I, but I did see, not t- hear Let me know. Uh, how about wearing our President Trump hats to vote? That is pretty good. I like that. Impeach La Perra. Re- Real Donald Trump is still up. That's okay, 87.2 million followers. There we go. We got the source. Daughter's coach tested positive, was put on quarantine, never got symptoms, went back, was negative. My daughter was in contact, told she has to stay until quarantined. Uh, Eddie, it looks like the football season for the University of Mexico is going to be canceled. I'll let you know here by tomorrow morning. Uh, let them eat cake. Is that what I heard? Yes. Pretty much. Yeah. Uh, MLG telling people to stay away from the hospital is actually a violation of the law. Uh, the Trump war room is actually the Twitter that uh, shut yeah. down. Eddie, I'm disappointed to hear what she said today. I played drums at my church and we have to set our church up like a dining room or banquet hall where tables are six feet apart and two chairs at each table. We were starting to see some good numbers coming back to church. So I hope this does not affect us, but I'm afraid that it will. All right. Uh, Rudy Grande, I did not forget about you. Let's check on weather and traffic. Albuquerque's macro-aggression, Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. All right, 516 here in the Kiva, AM 1600 KIVA, 93.7 FM. I will read every one of your texts uh, that are coming in. Larry Barron's former communications, communications director for the governor, former governor, Susanna Martinez, and we got D-Dowd Muska, and uh, we get lots and lots and lots of texts. Twitter suffers widespread service disruption. No doubt that they are getting hacked. Uh, by the way, Eddie, um, oh, the Trump War Room is now back. Yeah, oh, they better start. I'm telling you, you've got a lot of people working. Thanks, Eddie and Dowd. I'm a friend of Stella Padilla and Dinah Vargas way down here in Luna County. There hey. you go. I appreciate you listening. What's up, Deming? Luna. Yeah, Deming is nice. Did she ever get back the $1 million for uh, bringing all the illegal immigrants across and uh, hosting them? I'm just letting you know. Hey, can you check on that, Dowd? Yeah, yeah. yeah, do a double check. Uh would like to take all of MLG's edicts and place them up her royal hiney. Uh, Walmart and Coors bypass parking has looked like Christmas for months. Parking lot is packed every single day. Uh, Eddie, if the laboratories are so overworked, why doesn't MLG tell the non-symptomatic people to stop getting tested? We have only a 3% positive rate for all tests. In the meantime, we have tested over a million people with a population of only around 2 million. Are we probably at number one in the nation for percentage of population tested? Can you check on that very quickly, Dowd? You know, I would probably say a percentage of population tested. Testing 50% of the population, there's probably not another state uh, as a proportionality of the number of people that we've tested. And, and this is no doubt, like, like the media is so, I, 
Is Tessa Mantis on right now? She's got to be on right now. Have you listened to this woman? You haven't been happy she with her lately. She is the town crier. That's that's exactly uh, what what she is. Let's see if we can find her right now. Uh, why does it say six o'clock? It's not. I don't. I want live, baby, live. Give me live. <laughs> Give me live. We'll do a live. We'll do a live. <laughs> we'll do a live. <laughs> oh wait, wait, wait! Uh, Eyewitness News Channel Four is really talking about some uh, important things right now. Uh, solar panel, that's at the uh, forefront of what everybody's talking PNM about. PNM reps say the solar field should be able to that's produce a, around 50 megawatts of power. And Mayor Tim Keller says the project should help power about half of Albuquerque government facilities. All right, Eddie, how's it going out there? It's You're going really great, with, Tessa. Uh, what are, we uh, calling? Uh, Back, what are you doing weather? with those eyebrows of yours? Backyard My God. Weather. I see that they uh, finally moved the, uh, the camera up there, uh, Larry. Can I talk about the solar panels? <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> there you go. There's, uh, uh, there's uh, some news about solar panels tomorrow. All right. Well, let's uh, let, let's get back. All these people want to get this stuff off their chest. I'd be remiss if we didn't uh, let them do so. Uh, Eddie, don't forget Greg Snyder, the most intelligent person I've ever been more impressed by anybody's intelligence and play simple logic than GZ. Just call him GZ. What do you think about that? It's almost like, like gangsta gangsta at the top of the list. General no more masks for me. I've never bought a mask, just a bandana. My name is Michael. Called a few times as Jim. Asked if you would uh, do one of your shows in your voice. Hey, how's it going? <laughs> hey, Testamentus, what's happening? Let's meet at the Sonics. Hey, we're gonna. <laughs> no, I'm not gonna do this. I can't do it. And I wasn't sure how to describe your voice. You do it in a politically correct way. I didn't want to offend any of your Latino American <laughs> listeners. You mean our Latinx listeners? Our Latinx, yes. Latinx. Latinx. So we're we're Latinx over here, by the way. Uh, the tank is taking. The tank is talking solar panels. So the city gets brownouts now. That's funny. You know, the test of the tank is what it's referring to. What? Not me. Uh, Impeach MLG has a printing problem. Forcing random pages will not print. You have to download it, then print. That's the way we... Uh, here's Eddie. He's talking about the uh, the radar. Zoom all the way out to the national level to see some rain across the Great Plains. Oh, my gosh. He's literally in his backyard next to his grill. I'm not even kidding. I mean, this is like a zero-effort uh, economy, Larry. Like, he's next to his grill in his backyard, and they're, they're projecting the... They, they've, they've splashed up the, the, uh, the map, and he's not moving. Well, and can we talk about, too, the folks that are uh, reporting on this and supposed to be scrutinizing on this have the luxury of still being employed, right? They can work from home. I can yeah. do the weather from home. There are people who are now unemployed or who are soon to be unemployed who don't have that luxury. And there's just that detachment where they just cannot relate of like when your job's not on the line, it's hard to relate when someone else's job is on the line. And that's why we see, I think, a whole lot of lack of scrutiny. You and I have talked about it, Eddie. This is the biggest government intervention into my personal life in my lifetime. And it is the least scrutinized. Uh, capital, punishment, uh, capital punishment for petty tyrants, uh, CPFET. I don't know what that is, but uh, there's an acronym he's trying uh, any updates for the mass group of immigrants coming from South America? No. Uh, we've been too busy hunting Hunter Biden. Are they back on track to be here for voting day, Bob, and Las Lunas? Uh, Eddie, just keep up the good work. Inform, inform, inform. We will. Uh, go by the Daskalos Ventures 423 at Happy Hour. Look at all the happy people doing no social distancing. Jason said he would pay any fine. Laughable as MLG is in the back pockets of all the Daskalos, and they will never have to pay those fines. That's funny that you sent that message, and I read it just as it was. 
And if anybody should call me out on that for any slander or anything, I've got the phone number, so there's the information. Totally clean. MLG loves to hear herself talk. What a waste of time and words. Uh, Eddie, let's see. I'm the governor and need to lock down these roads now. She's a total lunatic. The governor, since I'm shipping the coronavirus pa- uh, patients in, and this is a helicopter pilot, you are banned. Wow. That's from a helicopter uh, 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 pilot. Uh, Eddie, I didn't think you would read that last text, but you didn't answer the question. What what question did I answer? Uh, no, I won't do it. I'll just do it. I, don't ask me on command. How about that? Just don't ask me on command. I mean, I'll do whatever you want. I'll be your huckleberry all you want, but I, I, I'm not going to, you know, <laughs> I'm not going to deal cards. Uh, Dr. Disgrace, Governor Nancy Drew, how many hospital beds are not COVID patients? Mm-hmm. It's an important uh, question right now. Let's see. All of us are feeling a little bit of COVID fatigue. But could that be causing these massive spikes we're seeing? Oh. <laughs> we went to a local expert for yes. some insight. Who? We're going to share what we learned coming up at 6. Oh, I can't wait. The T's. I like that. The T's, the T's Tessa. Not just Tessa the tank, but Tessa the T's. You think that somebody ever called that? That's in the that? business. The oh. T's. T's the six. That's right. T's the six. We got to keep always leave them wanting more. Keep them Hello, Eddie. Another round of chastisement and condemnation from Little Hillary lecturing us about the, how bad I like children Little are. Hillary. That's good. Uh, I wonder if she saw the national study this week on those diagnosed positive Wuhan flu, where seventy percent said they wore the mask always, and fourteen percent said they wore the mask almost always. Oops. Also wondering what hotels and prisoners from the MDC infected are staying at. No mention in any local news sources. But any details regarding that situation? Hmm. This is Chuck. Stay on this. Uh, so, yeah, we heard Tim Keller actually pop out and talk about uh, how the homeless are being taken care of at local hotels. And then we heard about these hotels at the very same time. Larry, I know you caught it. Are unable to uh, get paid for anything. They're not. Re- mm-hmm. They can't make uh, ends meet, and they can't uh, pay their property taxes. Well, and that, so they're they're taking away the paying customers. I don't know if they're getting reimbursed. I, I know the state's out of money, right? So how are the are, are they being forced in, onto the hotels? What what is the the issue they're doing? We know that early in this pandemic, the governor went to um, you know essentially a rehabilitation center and kicked those patients out yeah. with nowhere to go. Mm-hmm. And and they, I'm sure you know they didn't like being kicked out, but maybe sending them to a hotel room would have been better. I don't know why. Well, well they're, at, they're at hotel rooms. Yeah, and I don't know why there's not a lot of information on this about these, I'll just say, resources, hotels, field hospitals that are, you know, we're paying for, that we have signed checks for, but there doesn't seem to be any information about what's happening with them. And so, but, you know, I'm sure the the questions upon what happened to the Democratic Party of Grant County's Facebook are are more (laughs) pressing. That is very very quickly, uh, our our listener, Kieran, who who calls in a lot, and I think he probably texts more, he sent me an interesting statute, state statute, when, when, when they're dragooning these other government employees into enforcing the mask mandate, Chapter 30, Criminal Offenses of the New Mexico, uh, New Mexico Statutes, impersonating a peace officer, uh, Section 27, uh, impersonating a peace officer consists of without due authority exercising or attempting to exercise the functions of a peace officer or, two, pretending to be a peace officer with the intent to deceive another person. Um, if they're drafting these people into, uh, you know, into law enforcement and they're not legally, under the statute, permitted to be law enforcement officers, they may be guilty of a crime. Huh. Thank you, Karen. Uh, interesting point. I was looking at this Zoshitel Taurus small uh, commercial next to an oil well. I wonder if we're going to look at, uh, at, at Yvette Harrell's butt as well. I mean, uh, prominently featured in this particular uh, ad is uh, Zoshitel Taurus's butt. I wasn't sure she was Latin until I saw this. Economy. 
Look at that. But so she does. This industry pays for 39% of our state's revenue. That's why I spoke up for New Mexico and stood up to members of my... What a bunch of crap. She hates, uh, she hates the oil and gas industry. Uh, nobody knows that more than you, Larry. Absolutely. Her husband was the sponsor of the Energy Transition Act. She is trying to, uh, you know, it appears, uh, trying to stay uh, nonpartisan on it, it appears she is trying to tell New Mexicans that she is one person when, in fact, she is acting differently. Yeah, she hates oil and gas, and she's all about, she's an anti-fracker, isn't she, deep down inside. Has she come out yet and said whether she's going to vote for Biden or not? She did. She, she did. So during a debate, she uh, and we posted about this, she had to be asked twice and then still didn't answer. And then I think something clicked and she's like, well, this is going to be silly if I don't answer. And then so in a completely unrelated question, she just said, oh, and oh, by the way, I will be voting for Vice President Biden, but I do not agree with him on blah, 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 blah. Oh, OK. And the fracking on the on his energy plan. Is what she said. Oh, and he's so. had multiple positions so she's on a, fracking, So she's right? a fracker then. Well, but the fact, the fact of the matter is the Energy Transition Act in New Mexico, it, which there, I believe will be news on tomorrow, is um, bad for the energy industry in our state. When she says 39% of our revenue comes from it, the Energy Transition Act undermines that revenue, and we're seeing it already in New Mexico. And so, again, she wants to have the cake and eat it too. Ooh, type O blood might have a minor edge. You know I have that. I have O blood. That's pretty cool. Is that the universal donor? Yeah, I am. Oh, is it? Actually, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, let's see. Can I borrow a pint? Whatever you want. I'll serve you two uh, pints. I've got a pint of beer and a pint of blood. My lifeblood has been sucked dry by this, this administration, this gubernatorial administration. My God. Oh, Folks, is... get out there and fight. We've got to, I mean, legally, peacefully, but we've got to get out and fight. No Zoshitalismo. I love that. A Latin American reference. That uh, was my specialty in political science and economics. Latin America. Uh, and he posted on Facebook today, a guy wearing a T-shirt of Triumph motorcycles on the front of the out was told outside of a voting place in Silver City that he would not be able to vote. He convinced the lady that the shirt was okay and then was told inside that he would have to remove the shirt. He did get to vote but had some choice words about New Mexico schools. Photo was posted that he had a policeman take as he left. Okay. He had to remove his shirt to vote? I don't know. Where does that fit on the health order? What happened at no, no shirt, no shoes, no voting? Uh... I just think of Jeff Spicoli walking in. Oh, yeah. <laughs> hey, Mr. Oh, Hayes. I needed some tasty waves. For your information, brother, I just passed the station, saw a bunch of boys in blue hanging out by the north side of the building by the satellite. Hopefully they're just hanging out. Nothing major is going on. Be safe. Uh, they're probably going to take me down. Here it is. They gotta come in. They gotta come through my twelve gauge and my nine mil. So they're know. both here, folks. I've seen. Bang bang. Uh, they're they're here to defend me. Uh, with all the hot gas, she passes. Oh, she till the climate change, uh, folks. Are going to blackball MLG. Wow, that's these guys. These texts are the best. Did you see the new Biden commercial saying Joe Biden doesn't need to be the center of attention? Yeah, nobody is paying attention to Joe Biden. <laughs> <laughs> Not in Phoenix yesterday. That's uh, David says law enforcement must be specially deputized to enforce health orders. Do we know anything about that, Larry? I, my under, I don't. I, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not a criminal defense attorney. But the fact of the matter is a law enforcement officer has the authority to detain you when they are investigating something. I can't imagine someone from the environment department or the higher education department would have the same authority. Uh, nobody wants me to carry the Joe Biden stuff, so I won't. Okay. Uh, three texts. That's all I needed. <laughs> Just a little nudge. He caved immediately. <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> you win. Harris-Biden campaign are the queens of kings of science. Mass, mass, masks, and more masks. Why do they have staffers with COVID now? Kamala Harris's uh, campaign now infected really? with the uh, corona. Yeah. Oh, I didn't hurt that. A couple of her staffers, yeah. No, it's yeah, only yeah. Republicans, lazy, uh, reckless Republicans. Can be no, when the governor of Virginia got it, it was awful quiet because, oh. you know, he, he had been along a similar 
health prerogative as uh, New Mexico's governor. But, you know, when it was the governors of Missouri, uh, they, they said, oh, the, you know, despite his anti-mask mandates, he got COVID. <laughs> uh, but when it was their own folks, it was, you know, awful quiet. I just, I just want to see. It was coincidence, I'm sure. I just want to see Donald uh, Trump on election night. I destroyed the Bush political dynasty. I destroyed the Clinton political dynasty. I beat COVID. I won the presidency, and I got reelected. There are going to be mass suicides across this country. Folks, that's a libertarian thing. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this is the quote. This is the text of the day. Uh, Rudy, I hope you're ready. Uh, limiting the group. Larry, listen. Uh-oh. Limiting the group gathering size to five people is bad news for the GOP. But good news for Biden. He still can hold his rallies here in these states. <laughs> yeah. That's very good. Albuquerque's macro aggression. Eddie Aragon, the rock of talk. All right. You can't read hyperlinks, so don't send them. Uh, Eddie, underage obsessions is a gentle way of putting it. Remember, it's just a conspiracy. That's why they are throwing everything they can at it. This is from a Twitter. says, from Chanel or Channel Rion, just offer myself the behind-the-scenes look at the Hunter Biden hard drive. Drugs, underage obsessions, power deals, druggy hunter makes Anthony Weiner's down-under selfie addiction look normal. Biden crime family has a lot of apologizing to do. So does big tech. Will that story get out, or will big tech hold it in? Uh, impeach yes, MLG has a printing problem. Oh, yeah, well, yep, got it. Thank you. Uh, just a quick question, Eddie. Yes, uh, uh, George Stephanopoulos, I guess, uh-huh. would be the moderator of the Biden event tonight, former employee of Dick Gephardt, former employee of Bill Clinton. Oh, yeah. You think, you think Biden's going to get a lot of hard questions? Tonight? No. Nothing about softballs. <clears throat> I understand how stupid he is and uh, how much he doesn't understand. You know, uh, Joe Biden is the uh, the crazy old grandpa that everyone's sort of laughing at. It's like, crazy old Joe, you know. I mean, there's no doubt that, uh, you know, Trump has his number. Tessa was reporting crap at five. She'll be reporting crap at six. No need to watch the news at six. <laughs> oh. uh, the teasing tank. Okay. I thought we could only beat up on Joy Wang on this show. Now now we got Tessa in there. Uh, Joy Wang is usually drinking in the middle of her broadcast, right? And the nasty DWI, right? And the uh, Marissa Armas, the social justice warrior who works for one of the local affiliates. Too much Midori. I don't even know what Midori is. I just know it's the green bottle that nobody ever drinks. Absinthe? <laughs> no, the, the absinthe is different. Midori oh. is the bottle, or is it, uh, what's that giant bottle at the bars that nobody ever drinks? It's, uh, it's got an Italian name. What? Water? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, ask, uh, ask, ask, ask Larry Barron's over here. Larry hey, yeah, Barron's is home Larry, every night with the family at 5 o'clock. What did you think about uh, Joe Biden uh, referencing, what did he, what did he say, uh, yeah, we ran against the Mormon back in the Mormon. Yeah. yeah, what do you say? What do you think about that? Like? I was impressed he even remembered that much. Let's just be honest. <laughs> yeah. Good stuff. Hey, did you guys see this article from Axios that Joe Biden is the least scrutinized frontrunner candidate in history? I, I Axios, believe it one hundred percent. Did Axios run that, or was yeah. that like the Babylon B of Axios? No, I, well, it says Axios on it. It's Axios dot com. It says since August thirty first, Biden has answered less than half as many questions from the press as Trump, three hundred sixty five. With, uh, compared with 753, according to a tally by the Trump campaign, huh. which the Biden campaign did not dispute. In that time, Biden has done approximately 35 local TV interviews, three national interviews, and two town halls. He went almost three months without taking questions from beat reporters. Oh, my. So, yeah, I'm sure tonight I'm sure tonight will just be completely different. You're right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Do you think Hard-hitting. they'll talk to him about uh, being black? Do you think uh, he knows whether or not he's a black guy? Oh, that's a good point, yeah. 
I mean, honestly, I think at this point we need to understand whether or not he... Because if you're black and you vote for him yeah, or I mean, against him, really, you can't I be black. I think that's really kind of the, the whole idea behind Joe Biden. I'd say, I, mean, I need one of those, like, give him some cards. Black Lives Matter questions because there's no one can knock him down quite like him. It's like Joe Biden has stuck his foot all the way in his mouth. Uh-oh, I'm in trouble. In an interview with The Breakfast Club co-host Charlemagne, the presidential hopeful made an egregious comment that has people questioning if he's worthy of their vote. Towards the end of the almost 20-minute interview, Charlemagne touched on an issue of great concern. Who will be Joe's running mate? Black people saved your political life in the primaries this year. They have things they want from you, and one of them is a black woman running mate. What, what do you say to them? What I say to them is that I'm not acknowledging anybody who is being considered, but I guarantee you there are multiple black women being considered. Multiple. Charlemagne had a follow-up question, but got interrupted by someone off-camera saying their time was up. The radio host instead invited Biden to come back, but Joe's response was off-putting. Listen, you got to come see us when you come to New York, VP Biden. I will. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more questions, but I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. The comment may have been directed <laughs> just at Charlemagne, but it plays into the false notion that Democrats own the black vote. And don't now, I, I got to say, he's not even prompted there. Yeah, exactly. Like, like you, you yeah. just, it's just a runaway train. Yeah. It's like, yeah. just let him go, folks. You know, it's best to just let him finish. Joe's going to do what Joe does. Just let, let him get out there on like he wasn't prompted. He wasn't asked. He wasn't looking for cues or anything like that. And like, this, this is kind of hilarious. And it's extremely hard to do, but it gives me actual sympathy for the communications people that work for him. Yes. Can you imagine all the reporters? You have to tell no and stall and stonewall. Yep. No interviews, no interviews. Then the one interview he does, <laughs> that's what comes out. Uh, it's be, like, this is why we, uh, don't, be, we don't put him in front of people. I this mean, it's got to be like you're on a permanently crashing plane working press for Biden. And you're just uh, sort of, at any yeah, moment, you're expecting it to... All come apart. Uh, like a huge mag, uh, like a huge maga hat for my car. Wish I could find one. Hey, maybe that's uh, Medina putting out the. Uh, maybe they're all waiting to listen to the the uh, Chief Geyer stuff. Is that, is that what it is? You think that's what the, what's going on over here? Might might be. Yeah, they want to listen to the uh, Chief Geyer. Donald Trump's uh, currently uh, texting, uh, feverishly twittering, tweeting. Sorry, I always say twittering. Uh, Links used to get after me about that. You see the new Biden commercial saying Joe Biden doesn't need to be the center of attention. I just shared the Barrington de- Declaration on my Instagram. We will see if it gets flagged as misinformation. GBDeclaration.org. GBDeclaration.org. Amaretto. It's only scientists from Harvard and Oxford. What do they know? Yeah. Uh, <laughs> did Biden tell little George to put a lid on it after question one? <laughs> uh, Harvey Wallbanger cocktail is the only thing you can make out of that yellow bottle, Eddie. It's <laughs> a, a something called Galliano. I didn't know that. I don't even know what a Harvey... Who is Harvey Wallbanger? Do you know? Can you look that up real quick? I'd love to know. It's grappa, Eddie. Italian aperitif. Medoro is a melon liqueur. I knew that much. Uh, Tesla's water is cut off. Manufacturer did not pay invoices in Germany. company founded by Elon Musk received several notices, and the threat was carried out after the legal period of 14 days in Germany. Wow. Uh, as an aside, uh, don't read this text on air, Eddie. Just sitting here in my yard by my grill, chilling out, feeling like crap. Probably feel like a lot of other people dealing with all this stupid COVID stuff, but satire is needed in these times. I'm going to read it every time. Don't tell me. If you tell me specifically <laughs> like not catnip. to read it, I'm it's going like to catnip. read it. <laughs> don't read it. Oh, it's got to be good. Uh, Walmart and Coors. Yeah, we go. Oh, wow. Great photo. I can't share that or even say what it is. Uh, Harvey Notice- Wallbanker was a surfer in Los Angeles. 
How did he get a drink named after? Uh, Harvey Wallbanger. Was that the uh, uh, the tiki guy? What's his name? Reputed to be invented invented in 1952 by three-time world champion mixologist Donato Duke Antone, and named by Antone after a surfer frequenting Antone's Blackwater Bar in Los Angeles. We had Burt's Tiki Lounge here that closed down a long time ago. Um, there used to be the uh, the Gluey Brothers used to play there. I used to go there to go watch that stuff. But there was uh, what's the name of the other place? You guys don't know because you guys don't know anything about drinks. Paul, you're in the Kiva. Uh, you're uh, you're in Chick-fil-A. the Kiva. Go ahead. Chick Fil A. Milkshake. They figured they figured out the liqueurs. I had the answers for that. Oh damn it, Trader Vic's. Thank you. Very good. Uh, Mador- uh, anything else? Midori. Uh, Midori's honeydew melon liqueur. Uh, they used it in a drink of the year uh, back in 1980 called the Universe. Um, and then he, you figured out the Galliano. There we go. Yeah, we got for, the Galliano. Yeah, we yeah. got the Greek, Greek. There's a Greek version of the licorice liqueur. It's called Uzo. Uzo. There we go. All right. Good. Italian. Italian is uh, Galliano. Okay. Uh, for the record, the Harvey Wallbanger origin story is disputed. Uh, there's a lack of historical record for any Black Watch bar in Los Angeles, and in fact, the mixologist who invented it lived in Hartford, Connecticut, city of my birth, rather than Los Angeles during the relevant period. So, oh. <laughs> I love that line. There's a lack of historical record about a drink a guy made in a bar. Uh, the historians weren't there for some reason. Eddie, your show, I get it. Thanks for reading my text on air. Just trying not to make people happy. I'm not trying to tell you how to do your show. I just think I could be a lot cooler anyhow. Peace be with you. Like he's all worked up because I shared his text. You told me not to share it. I'm going to share it. Seriously. I mean, like, I will. Uh, Eddie, every time I hear that sawed off B, say the COVID, I want to stab myself in the eye and the sharp stick. Sign, soon to be blind, Jeff. Uh, sawed off B, I like that. <laughs> Um, I love Midori margaritas. Wow, we're we're really turning this into five o'clock stuff. Here. <laughs> let's, let's let's try not to do that. Funny Eddie, you're hilarious. I appreciate that. Yeah, but I'm great to hang out at a bar with, but I can't hang out at any bars because none of them are open. Mm. Uh, wow, Eddie, this tyranny has been wearing me out since March. Yeah, look at Michelle Lujan Grisham. You know, somebody should have weighed her before and after. She looks bigger now. Have you she noticed? Does. Yeah, she's she looks chunking fatter. up a little. Yeah, yeah, she's getting fatter. I mean. Uh, Guess hanging out with your fiance all day. Maybe they're not. They aren't exactly on the up and up. Sounds like know a nineteen-year-old when she talks about saying. her fiance. Know what I'm saying over there? You know I have a fiance. Oh yeah, he's, he really wants to marry me. Uh, that's why the New Mexico DPS secretary was fired, replaced with the New Mexico State Police. You are correct. Yes, thank you too. Uh, ratting on each other. I turned this Van Halen. I turned off the Van Halen channel for this. My God, yeah. We we do need to take a break. Someone needs to ask her that question. About the DPS chief. Yeah. They uh, won't. Honestly. Yep. And I'll tell you right now. They you'll, won't. You'll get one of two answers. You'll get straight out of denial and say, no, that wasn't it. Right. Or if it was it, you'll get a, we don't go into the reasons why we make personal, personal decisions. Decision, yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, and then you'll know, yeah, that, yeah. that was the reason. Huh. There you go. Well, uh, we got to check one more time with Rudy before we uh, cut to break. Rudy, let's check on uh, weather and traffic. We're trying to do everything we can out there for Amazing Grace uh, as well. Talk.
You know, John McCain was born there, right? Panama. Did you guys know that? That's right. Yep. Yeah, yep. born in Panama, and then his naval base. Or yeah, his mom. Base. His mom died like a couple days ago. She yep. was 108. Yep. Wow. I mean, he felt pretty old. He looked pretty old, and he was pretty old. Thank God. Uh, well, I won't say thank God he's gone, but uh, I'll just say. That is one of those things that Donald Trump should have been forgiven for right from the very outset, given his, he was the deciding vote. Remember that? Do you guys remember yes, the video? Yes. Do you remember the video of the vote on Obamacare and that getting the passage through that? Remember, at the very same time, ironically enough, he's getting his health care taken care of at the Mayo Clinic in Scottsdale. Like, this was a turning point for this country. And we have Amy Coney Barrett, who's up on, you know, and I'm sitting here thinking to myself, I'm like, this guy's getting private health care. He is a retired military officer. Um, you know, he has a, 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 story, a former president, uh, a presidential candidate, and he is the deciding vote. Nothing could be more, in my opinion, anti-Republican than taking the vote. And you literally see Elizabeth Warren, Pocahontas, just literally going, yes. Yeah, yeah. She's in, in that picture. Go and look that, uh, picture, that video up on YouTube as uh, John McCain makes that uh, deciding vote, and he gives the thumbs up. Senator from Arizona says, Hey, and there you go. You got Obamacare. Right with that. And Elizabeth Warren, she might as well have been jumping through the roof. She was, what, uh, a, a, a senator of maybe two years at the time when this thing got passed. That, yeah. I, I doubt she was even that, that long. So there you go. 550-5500. Uh, Larry, before I read some more, uh, I'm still going on these tasks, by the way. Uh, and, by the way, you've given us a record uh, number of people who have listened to the Rock of Talk in the first half of the month ever. Ever. We're already over our limit nice. for the month. Yeah, uh, Thank you. Where were we at right there? We had, uh, I was just checking it. We, were, we maxed out at 260-some-odd listeners. Hey, Rudy, do 263 uh, and see where that is and where, where that brings us. Like, since nobody listens to the radio station, what is the 263 against uh, 70? I mean, I could do it. 7 times 26, you know, carry the zero. Come on, Rudy. Give me, give me the number. I'll check on him in just a second. Uh, Larry? I was any- told there'd be no math. <laughs> no math. Sorry, no Chevy. Math. Yeah. <laughs> no science, no math. Uh, working 24 hours a week and bin shopping jewelry also contributes to weight gain, Eddie. Um, <laughs> the governor kept talking about the social contract. I've never agreed to a social contract. My life is not governed by fear. I'm not here to stay safe. I'm here to be bold and courageous. My world is not a COVID-1984 world. Amen, amen. Um, Text of the day. Text of the day. How do you just try to send the impeachment? Let's see. Make that MLG. Okay. can't read that. Uh, it was not a personal decision. It was a personal decision. Personnel. I'm not sure. Uh, Rudy says 18,000. How much, Rudy? How much, Rudy? Rudy. Eight, 18,410. All right. Thank you, Rudy. Appreciate that. Rudy is our traffic, uh, weather, and math guy, whatever we <laughs> need it. There he is. Um, surfer drinks. The painkiller. I can't say the first word. It's a PPP, though. Uh, David says, I just filled up some gas at Sam's Club. 100% no mask wears. None of them care about my safety. <laughs> I'm offended. In a state of two-to-one Democrat representatives, what are the odds that all these customers were all Republicans? Well, there you go. At uh, 33%. That's really what it is. Oh, wow. I love that. Uh, meet the, uh, well, you know. I, I, can't, I can't get myself to say it, actually, because I know somebody will call me out on FCC violations if I say that na- the name of that movie, right? Can you milk me? I got nipples. That, that's the one. Not worked up, just laughing. Good. Uh, other than destroying New Mexico, Eddie, I'm trying to figure out what MLG is working hard at. Mm. Whatever happened to the 6 to $7 million New Mexico paid for PPE that we never received? Any follow-up on that? 
We sent that money, and we didn't get the PPE. I know, Larry, you looked at that. Yeah, they just shrugged their shoulders and said, yeah, I guess we were duped. Yep. Sorry. What can you do? We, we gave a, re, uh, a fireman who is a union leader who doesn't have a college education. Right, we put right. him in charge. And he is, uh, interestingly, very close to the governor. His office is right next door to the governor's. Hmm, I wonder what's going on there. I wonder if he's putting out any... Diego was his name? I wonder if Diego's putting out any fires next door. Um, Eddie, also, if she wasn't following the science, she would be listening to the more than 6,000 scientists who signed a petition to end the lockdown since they are causing more harm than good. Yep. Yep. Um, Ryan says they snuck a blurb out about the flu on the New Mexico Department of Health COVID news page. Fear pornographers. I like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, I just like the fear porn. Uh, hey, Eddie and crew. I just downloaded your app, and now I'm glad to hear you on my phone now. But your dad introduced me to your station years ago when he did some jobs for the general contractor that I worked for years back when Sean first moved to your station. Oh, Hannity. He gave me your station dial-in phone weeks later, gave me stickers when he dropped off documents. Been listening ever since. My dad's the best. The good man. AM 1600, 93.7 FM. I'm hurt, Eddie. You didn't read my text, and you said read all. Just kidding. Okay. There you go. <laughs> All right. Uh, what else do we got? Can I ask Larry a yes, question? Sir. Larry. Oh, Larry no. Larry's my favorite political hack. Oh, no. Here it comes. What's the end game for this woman? Does she think this... I don't, she's appealing yeah. to a national stage now? I mean, what, what... She hopes that one month from now, there is a president-elect Biden, and he has selected her for a job, and okay. she can just leave. Yeah. That is... And she is... When, if there's a term for bigger than all-in... Then that's where she is yeah, on yeah, it, yeah, yeah. and and when you look at the the lockdowns, she is tied to lockdown. She is fully embraced the lockdown philosophy so much so that I I don't think politically she feels that she can go back and say I, I mean she wouldn't say she wouldn't say I'm wrong. Oh but, no, no, but, no no no! But she could you know conceivably say you know these numbers are highly concerning. Please keep doing it, but we're going to keep opening up because I can, you know that would be kind of her tacit way of saying she's yeah, wrong. Yeah, yeah. But she is so um, arrogant, full of herself. No, welded to yeah. the lockdown philosophy mm-hmm. that um, she just cannot. And and I think it was because of that national press that came to her early and and when she was auditioning to be VP right. that said, oh boy, you're you know New Mexico's right, right. doing such a great job. Now keep in mind that national press hasn't showed up. Since then, the no, not lately. No. So, so Larry, you're but, you're incorrect, though. Um, never. Totally, no, unless you are. Um, I was told uh, directly from Joe Monahan, um, by way of the governor's office, that she was actually never vetted or considered for VP. She was put forth by the VP, but the uh, presidential commission within the Democratic Party actually never went through a background check for her. But did she know that? Uh, they did oh, after oh, the fact. Oh, yeah, okay. which is what. Well, after her, the fact. Yes. Yeah, but and. and and she, so, and I'm not, and, and I, I get, when I say, and I'm sorry, Eddie, to interrupt, but when I say she's auditioning for a job, the VP was part of it, right? But that's not all that she wants. Right. She, she needs out of New Mexico because she knows that even, I mean, even if COVID wasn't a thing, she has ruined the budget yeah, so yeah. badly that I think a study came out this week that in order for New Mexico to meet all of its obligations and pensions and so forth, each person would have to pay 7500 bucks. Each New Mexican would have to do that in order to get New Mexico back on the the fiscal 
tracks, as you will. And so she's always been looking for a way out. And and I hear, I, well, I don't hear Joe. I don't agree with Joe. Uh, uh, on anything. Nearly on anything. Yep, yep. And so I, and so I'm not going to buy that, you know, that that was not a driving force for a lot of the reasons she was doing things. No, just, no, no. I'm I think it was for it. her. But I think that she took the, the leap of faith, thinking mm. she thinks so much of herself yeah. that she took that leap. But she never, for a second, even questioned the idea that she could not have been considered for VP. Well, and we does that did, make sense? Yeah, it does. And we yeah. discussed that, right? Because I, I, I told you months ago, and, and we talked about it, it is the easiest thing in the world when you're yeah. running a national campaign to tell 50 people right, they're under right. consideration. So Joe Monahan is listening right now, and he, he actually said exactly that. He says uh, the, Biden can, uh, the Biden campaign confirmed that the governor had not been vetted for vice president. Hmm. But okay. You, you, well, does I mean, that mean? Does that mean she was not auditioning for the job? Does that no, no, mean, no, no. I'm saying you, you're correct in what yeah. you're saying, but she never thought less of herself to say that she wasn't. And, and you know, so she always thought that she was. So she puts all this political capital out there, right, Larry? She, she risks it all. She thinks, well, I'm going to run for VP, or I've got a shot at this, and they need a Hispanic, yeah. a woman of color. So she puts herself out there, and then you know, she never makes that handshake. And there was no she never bothers to confirm whether or not she's actually being considered, or if it's a reality. Like she was living this dream in her mind that she could become vice president of the United States. Well, and she's still there, not on VP, but on getting out, right? And there was no shortage of national media that were adding her to the list to fuel that fire. And so when you, you know, when the questions asked, why was she doing what she's doing? She's not doing it with the focus of what's this going to look like next year, two years for New Mexico. Right. Yeah, she's point. doing it with with the lens of how does this impact my job audition? Well, and I think that speaks a lot. I mean, a lot of the things that Joe actually writes off uh, uh, is a lot of these people posturing for 2022, 2021, who's running for mayor. You know, you've got uh, Brian Colon and uh, uh, what's the uh, the attorney general here in town, not the, the district attorney, Raul Torres uh, versus, you know, Brian Colon. They're battling it out. Uh, who's running for governor? Is it Martin Heinrich? Is it... Uh, um, you know, uh, Hector Balderas, is it, uh, what's the guy? Th- nobody even knows who the, the vice governor is. <laughs> Howie, <laughs> Howie. Oh, the other guy. All we Howie, know is Howie. that all we know is that he coached baseball, he got a divorce, and he's dating Michelle Lujan Grisham's daughter. And he's never had a job in the private sector. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's about all we know about that. May have been a graduate of Silver High School. I mean, the silver, the, are they the Silver Redskins? No, the Colts. The no, Colts. No more Chief. Oh, oh. Did, did they change their... No, uh, he went to coach for the rival. He went to coach for Cobra. Yeah. Cobra. Well, what about the... So, uh, who were the Redskins? or what? What was the That other? was the middle school in, in the town. So, right. if so did you they get went rid to Cobra High School, you went to middle school. You're, I don't know if they did or not. That's the rivals. I don't pay attention to that. Uh, I, really, <laughs> I wish we could... Uh, I wonder if the PED knows even knows where that's at. Where Barrett is? I know <laughs> yeah. where Barrett is. I know you do because it's right next to Silver City, right? Yeah, 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 right where uh, Jeffrey Plant, the planter of the question, was the last <laughs> yeah. thing that launched up today's uh, plant. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> uh, and he, I still got more text uh, than I know even know what to do with, and I'm I'm still at the bottom, folks. I'm way at the bottom. We got I've got to get to this interview with uh, Chief Guy here. Um, listening to hearings all day. Got to admit, I have a crush on ACB. That's awesome. So glad I found you. To tell the other station ran me off, telling everyone I can move, telling everyone I can about the Kiva. Diehard conservative and Trump fan. Finally, someone has a brain and common sense. Thanks. How do I find the MLG impeachment link? Stacy. Oh, that's uh, Stacy. Very good. There you go, Stacy. We'll just shoot that out. Um, share this news, Eddie. This is all. That's all. Be well, boys. After dismantling of the migrant caravan, Mexico border returns to normal. The strong operation that was installed on the Mexican border. Oh, wow. This is a long article. 
uh, we're not going to go into that. For all of our news, uh, Dowd, I see that you're uh, uh, deeply attuned into the news and, and curating uh, that website pretty good. Tell us uh, very quickly about it where you can find all this information. Well, on NewsABQ, I mean, that's .com. Uh, you can find the daily show right up. You can uh, see some of the original research I'm putting up there. And, of course, we also have links to almost all the stories we talk about, you know, national, local, international stuff. And uh, check it out. We are a... We are a content powerhouse here in the Kiva, and you know we're trying to give you folks the tools you need to inform yourselves and to you know if you want to write a letter to the editor, if you want to talk to your neighbors, get the <clears throat> let's say the message and the facts and the data out there that you're probably not going to get from the mainstream media in this state. And Larry, tell us about your show, Power the Future. Yeah, you can find us online, PowerTheFuture.com. The show is every Saturday here on the Kiva, and I'll tell you the time, but you should be listening all day anyway, so just uh, stay tuned. <laughs> oh, wow, point. that's nice. Do you know the lineup uh, before and after? Joe, do you, I, I mean, uh, Larry, do you know what comes on before and after you? I know that, um, <laughs> uh, oh, I'm sorry, I'm got, my wife is calling. <laughs> <laughs> I just listen for myself. That's it. All right, back up to the top of the hour, Fox News. We do have to check on that, and then we'll be uh, joined by Chief Geyer here. Day four, we're going to talk an awful lot about uh, Chief Medina, who was not there yesterday with the Attorney General and uh, really didn't know a whole lot about really what's going on. And you're going to find all that out here in uh, this interview with uh, Chief Michael Geyer. Thanks for listening here in the Kiva. It's a good uh, three hours, folks. That was straight talk, three hours, and a lot of Michelle Lujan Grisham. We want to thank her for all of her contributions uh, to that portion <laughs> of the show. Indirectly. <laughs> you i will be here until 11 so we got a lot of show to cover so make sure you come back for geyer the seven o'clock hour eight o'clock hour we're going straight to 11 tonight
NewsABQ.FM, K229CL, 93.7 FM, and AM 1600, KIVA, Albuquerque. in the 505 with more 411 here for your third hour. I am Eddie Aragon, the Rock of Talk on AM 1600 KIVA 93.7 FM. All right, here's the setup, folks. Here's what we're going to do. And I uh, just want you to pay attention here for the rest of the night. So we aren't going to carry the Joe Biden stuff, although I might carry it maybe just a little bit uh, later. Um, Dowd seemed to have located a couple of online, I guess it's dueling, right? So we got Joe Biden going yep. directly against Donald Trump. Yep. I've watched the first 10 minutes of the Trump interview, and all she's asking about is, was he tested 
on the day of the per- first okay. debate was what happened to this? Why was there a super spreader event at the Amy Coney Barron nomination ceremony? Right. You have an hour with the president of the United States and you spend the first 10 minutes. You can ask him about anything. You can ask him about Roswell. And that's what you and that's what you want. And that's what you know, the focus is. And and what is the message? The message is, Mr. President, you're irresponsible. So tonight we should have had a debate. We're not getting that. okay? Uh, and I will try to provide as much as I possibly can here on both sides, because I know that's important for you. So you guys need to realize that all we can do is just keep pushing the information out there, get you guys out in front of, of the information, and leave it there. Most of you have already decided who you're voting for, obviously, you know, locally, but you do want to see this, uh, the world's greatest political drama play out because the next uh, 18 days and <laughs> two hours are going to be absolutely insane, and we're going to have all the coverage here for you. So, okay, so first we're going to play Mike Geyer. We're going to take a couple of pauses uh, through all of that uh, information, okay, and it's an interview I had earlier. And you're going to want to listen to it. Then we're going to go to directly to Donald Trump. Then if time permits, we're going to go ahead and uh, move it on over to um, Joe Biden. Okay, we've still got a lot of show prep to get to. Uh, we probably could have a six-hour show tomorrow, too. But we're not going to do that to ourselves on a Friday night. We'll save that for Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday of next week. Uh, I was literally telling Dowd yesterday, I was like, you know what, I could do a six-hour show every single day yeah. from now until the election yeah. and get yeah. this information out to you. So we can do four to ten Every single night. Uh, we're not going to torture you with that, but we're going to get out as much information as is possible. And it's all pertinent. I mean, for example, today, some of the items, you know, that we were, you know, sort of raced through. Um, with This is before the COVID-19 stuff, you know, the libertarian case for Donald Trump. Dowd's going to talk about that uh, right before we jump into Donald Trump. Because for those of you who are on the fence and libertarians and, you know, sort of in the middle and apolitical socially, uh, you're going to want to listen to Dowd on that. Russiagate, deep state, uh, folks, that's taken off. You got to pay attention to where that, uh, what, what's happening there as well. So a lot of things uh, happening uh, here in the Kiva, and as always, for those of you who have been downloading, I still haven't got to the. I think what, where, where were we at on on text messages? I mean, this is insane. Three fifty one. I can't even get to the text. That messages. sounds like a record. I'm not sure, but yeah, like no. I mean, there's over two hundred, and people are angry. They're very, very angry. They should be. So. All right, here's... Use your anger productively, I would say, though. Use please. It productively. Yeah, and, and if you're going to go protest, please just try to just stay out of harm's way. There's yeah. no sense. Yeah. They're just looking people to make an example out of you at this point. Um, this was recorded just a little bit earlier in the day with uh, Chief Geyer. He's a very nice man, I will say. I will have Officer Sean Willoughby here in on uh, Monday afternoon. We'll have him here for... Probably the 5 o'clock hour, I think, is probably what we'll... We might have them on the 4 o'clock hour. We'll see where we end up doing this. But, um, you know, this is something that we're... Like, this is the biggest mess New Mexico's ever been in. Statewide, uh, city of Albuquerque. Realize who's in, in charge of yeah, your state. Yeah, and what their priorities are. Well, this are. is all going on. Yeah. I mean, that's the really the scary part about uh, all this. So, you know, without further ado, we're going to go ahead and uh, jump into uh, to that. Uh, very quickly, Dowd, before we... Get that all the articles that you've written up. You gave me a whole list. I had you write all the articles uh, that I want you to expect uh, that are going to be coming out of uh, our website. You had a, a number of them. Could you go to those real quick and tell everybody what they can uh, share? Yeah, I'm, 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 uh, we've got an interesting. I don't know if we have do we have a formal name for it yet. Interesting sort of uh, section of the of our of our content production now. Um, you know, looking at uh, you know big big political and policy issues uh, directly impacting uh, your life here in New Mexico. So uh, newsabq.com, uh, I have a, a, a